So Broly, huh? That was a like you, awkward clap. You clapped and then said clap. <laughs> Did I? You clapped and then said the word clap. <laughs> it, more, it was in, it was aligned in my head. <laughs> Three, two, one, clap. It's fine. <laughs> I'm normal. Uh-huh. All right. Three, two, one, go. Hello, everyone. This is Rosenbaugh, and I'm here with my friend Paragus Prodigy 666. There you go. Yeah. Don't act like this is a re-recording of a failed intro, <laughs> you fucking loser. <laughs> I gotta let the people know. We gotta be transparent. No, we don't. They, they want to know. They want to know our fuck-ups. This is all a sham. Yeah. Anyway, so, ev everyone should really go listen to All Systems Goku. You can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, please go listen to All Systems Goku. But we're going to be taking a page from them because no one's ever podcasted about Dragon Ball before Before them. Yeah. This it's never really, happened. It's quite an underground series. Yeah, no one has ever talked on YouTube about Dragon Ball Z before. Un unheard of. Uncharted Waters. Yeah. Um, so we both had the, oh, I was about to say we both had the privilege of seeing the Broly movie in theaters, and I feel like that may be a little, a little overselling it, but I mean. Well, well, we'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. We, we both were able to see the Broly movie in theaters when there was a limited, a limited run of tickets being sold, let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so. This is my second anime movie seen in theaters, man. It's my third. Yeah. Because well, unless you're counting the shit I saw as a kid. No, I'm not. Um, because I saw Resurrection F and then Yeah, the last one was uh was uh the Fusion Reborn Bardock. It's all been DBZ actually. All, all Dragon Ball, nice. <laughs> and uh it does not look like we are getting that Gundam NT movie in our yeah. local theater because the it's getting pretty close to when that is going to be shown and i i don't think i'm going to be able to see that and i don't feel like driving out like i think it's like six hours to do that so i uh i'm just waiting to see when the they announce the theaters for heaven's field 2 so i might see that but considering we didn't get the first one i'm doubting that i'm going to be able to see that second one but oh well see, ho ho hopefully things hopefully there's more theaters i would like to get something closer but we'll see yeah well before we get into the Broly discourse, because not only did we, not only did we see the latest Broly content that Toriyama and friends had to offer, we also went back and and you know went back to the roots of the Broly character a bit. Yeah, I watched that movie trilogy. It's had, to, had, to, had to compare. Had to compare. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. We, but first, but first, we need to talk about another reinterpretation of a beloved classic. Resident yeah. Evil 2. Yeah. 30 minute demo, one shot demo came out. I streamed it. You you were there. Yeah. Well, I was in the chat. Yeah. 
And then I played it myself uh, with a friend watching uh, the next day. Yeah. It's pretty good. I fucking loved it, dude. Yeah. Uh, only Sour Spot is, like, immediately after, like, I got, like... I got done playing that. I saw the thing that was going around that it's like, oh, hey, also Capcom didn't get back any of their regulars because they wanted to go with, like, anti-union, or, like, they wanted to work past union, like, yeah. stuff to get voice actors that were, like, scab labored. I'm like, why Why does, like, everything I love have to have, like, that one bit of, like, being soiled, but... That's, that's just life, man. I know, but other, other than that, I'm really looking forward to Resident Evil 2. I think I'm gonna, like... Yeah. I'll probably record my run through just because I feel like I feel like every YouTube person needs to do like one horror game playthrough in their life. And I've already we played we've, three we've Resident done, Evil 7. <laughs> we've done that already, actually. So never mind. Um, I'm I, just I, excited. I have a couple of quick thoughts on Resident Evil 2. I don't know how much you want to say about it. Okay, I have but, some um, stuff, but. OK, so so for me personally, I, I feel like we should establish of like, what's your resident? I mean, I, I think it's clear that we're, that we're both kind of like Resident Evil fans. But what's your Resident Evil 2 history specifically? Uh, it was actually the second one I played, I believe, because um, mm. back in the day, there was this hit video game called Resident Evil 4. And I played through that and I was like, this is fucking awesome. I want to see what the rest of this is about. And that was enough at the time where like youtube stuff was like an or like just like online stuff in general was like enough of a thing that i could look at videos and shit of like the old games and i was like oh damn these are different but these are like super scary or whatever and like i it was still at that time where like tank control stuff while it was like okay yeah we're moving past that it was still like that was all shit that i was used to it had grown up with just like with other games and shit and i was like yeah that doesn't bother me at all and i picked up all of those gamecube re-releases they had for all of those old games Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, Resident Evil 2 was actually the second I played, specifically because Leon was also in that one, yeah. so. Uh, for me personally, Resident Evil 2 is actually the first one I ever played, um, and I played it, uh, back when the PlayStation was still a thing, like, like, before the PS2 came out, I had a copy of Resident Evil 2 on PS1, and I still have the same discs as, as back then. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I I enjoyed it a lot. I was terrible at it. I, I honestly, I, I've been really conflicted. I've asked a lot of people this of like, do you think I should replay the original before the remake comes out? Because it's it's been like almost my entire life since I, I played that game. I, I remember vague bits and pieces, but not the details. Um, I, I think generally the consensus I got was like, nah, don't, don't do it, don't do it. So I don't know what I'm going to do. But like, I, I played Resident Evil 2 um a fair bit i don't think i ever beat it even and i remember too this is me being a shitty kid at the time being like eh, silent hill is better but like um it is silent hill is better but uh i never went back to resident evil 2 like i played resident evil 4 a lot i've played remake a few times you know i've played resident evil 7 a lot i've played i've never touched resident evil 3 but like resident evil 2 is the one that i've always meant to go back into a full playthrough of despite having put a lot of time into it and i just never got around to it so this remake is kind of like i'm excited for a couple different reasons i uh i actually like i feel like i've referenced this probably a fair bit throughout the past few months but like i um i i've been slowly picking at another playthrough of remake and i'm almost done with it actually and i feel like i might just spend like i might just spend this week actually just going through re2 again because it's not super long yeah um 
and I, I think I could get a uh, Claire A, Leon B run of that game Ooh. before the new one comes out. I see. <laughs> That's the more unorthodox one. That's the one that I uh, did first as uh, as a wee lad. I uh, see. I I know for a fact. I I want to say. Uh, I I I think I got through all of Leon A as a kid. I don't know if I got through Claire B. That that's like my thing. But even then, like Leon A, it, it's fuzzy. Like I remember bits and pieces, but I remember the police station. Like okay, oh, yeah, of course. But it's like <laughs> when you get to the lab stuff. And honestly, so one thing I'm actually pretty excited because I I just loved everything about how that demo like felt to play. Um, and I feel like oh, I'm actually... I'll, I'll get into that. <laughs> okay, because, so, I think what I actually described to you is I feel like this game is, like, the perfect combination of Resident Evil 4, 7, and Remake over the skeleton of Resident Evil 2. It's, it's the best bits of every one. Yeah. Like, like, I guarantee you every review of this game is going to say some variation of that because it is core to its identity and like i felt they were taking i felt like in resident evil 7 they were taking good parts from 4 and the classic games and, and reinterpreting them in a new way this this game the resident evil 2 remake is let's look at every single game and take what worked from it and that even includes their shit from re6 in there like not the bad stuff like a, a few like positive changes they made to the controls are, are yeah. taken from RE6 and put in here. Like, they, they took something good from every game. Yeah. Um, and, uh, like, honestly, too, like, I'm actually pretty excited because, like, I, I, I mostly enjoyed 7, but honestly, like, I, I still feel like that cliff section or whatever, like, I started to get a little bored towards the end and then it, it just wrapped up and I'm like, okay, that's fine or whatever. Oh, but, and, like, like the, the mines and stuff? Yeah, where it just kind of, it, it gets to the Resident Evil point where it's like, okay, yeah. it's just, like, action game now and it's like, uh, okay. Yeah. It's like, I, I know there's a lot of people that share that sentiment. Personally, I, I don't feel that way. I, I think that's kind of, like, a reward at the end of, of the game of, like, all right, here, have, have like, an hour of action. But, uh... See, my, because I think what my thing is, is I don't like the, like, I don't like the actual combat part yeah. enough of 7 for that to feel satisfying. That being said, everything about the combat so far in 2 felt so satisfying. It, it, like, I, I, I enjoyed the combat of, our, of RE7, but it is, it's definitely not, it's not as good as the combat from, like, the, the fourth type games. Yeah. So see, seeing them, them further evolve that style feels great here yeah like there's more I, of an I'm, I'm happy to go back I, I would like to see them try at least one more take on first person but i definitely i am glad to see another version of resident evil still continue to survive here yeah and um yeah it it, it looks dope i am also a, a lot of people have drawn attention to this definitely already and like there's gifts everywhere about it but like it's really neat to see a game finally break that dichotomy of, oh, I can tell that this enemy model means okay. it's dead now. So I, I I don't actually know the mechanics of how this works. And like during my playthrough of the demo, I, I was kind of, I was consistently on edge because I've heard people say like, Oh, it's just sometimes they ragdoll, but they're not actually dead. Yep. But there were a couple times where I felt like, Okay, but that enemy was down for, like, two minutes, and then they got back up. Yeah. And I almost want to say, like, I think maybe sometimes enemies might just come back, too. 
I I think I think they're programmed that way because also there's a video of someone testing it out, and there's a dude who walks through the same hallway with the dead zombie like three times, and like on the third time it comes back up and it's like you were down like you know yeah yeah, and it's almost like that's taking the idea of crimson heads and spreading it through the entire game and like adding an. I mean, again, I don't know the mechanics of how it actually works, but without having the game out, it feels like it might be semi-random. Yeah, and I'm sure that's, like, the intent. I feel like that's probably what they want people to yeah. feel. Like, like re- regardless of if it, if it is or isn't random, it really does feel like, at least on your first playthrough, like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And that's, like, oof, man, that's, that's, that's a feeling. I will say, um, in terms of, like, atmosphere and, like, uh respectable horror i i still will always prefer silent hell i think this demo is probably the the most actual scared i've been in a video game in years though of just like that feeling of like oh god i am not equipped to deal with this because hey just put it out there i'm not that great at action shooters so like i i can handle my own in like a survival horror game but put me in an re4 type and it's like i'm gonna die a few times so so my favorite thing is, I I didn't even realize this because first of all I I did stream through that that um like the the demo and unfortunately it's choppy because I I didn't realize until I was streaming something I'll be talking about a little later on actually that like my OBS like stream settings have been kind of fucked as of late so like it's a little choppier than I would like but whatever it's fixed now but if you go back and watch that RE2 stream I did there's a like that first point where like you meet that cop in that like office who gets like cut in half or whatever Mm-hmm. And, like, that that first zombie breaks down through the door. I get, like, the most, like, split-second headshot that, like, in the world. And, like, someone at the time was like, damn, nice headshot or whatever. And I was like, oh, thanks. And I went back and watched it, and I was like, holy shit. Like, this is the most MLG thing I've done. I, I, I actually am pretty sure I remember that moment, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, also, too, I just love the fact that, like, head, even headshots, like, they aren't as, like, effective as you would think like yeah i mean i hey like i said i'm not that good i only got like two or three <laughs> I, I was mostly aiming for legs and 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 shoulders yeah and there's no like kicking or anything right like uh i don't i don't think so i don't but think I'm not there sure. is leon is and too like, young at this point he didn't know how to yeah. kick until a post 9-11 world he's oof oof <laughs> oof <laughs> They definitely did a good job of, like, still making it an action game, but also having Leon not be as competent as RE4 onward, which I liked. Yeah. He does, he, he, not in terms of, like, your ability to play the game, but in terms of the way the character himself is in the gameplay, he feels a little bit clunkier, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, there's no, like, dedicated knife. Like, a knife is an item you can get, and you can use it in a couple of ways. I also like like, how they they break the difference between safety daggers and remake from the knife. Yeah. Because that was always really dumb if you really think about it. Yeah. Um, It's my safety dagger. Also, I really... (laughs) So, this is just something... I think it's in that... um, Either this was in an image, or it's in that little trailer that plays at the end. But there's, like, a point somewhere in that that police department where you can see a little banner and, like, 
party area that was set up that says like welcome leon or whatever it's like i don't care what job you get like no one hosts a party with a banner with your name when you dude, start a dude, new it job was, it was the 90s bro <laughs> i guess uh i uh i hope i can i hope i can get that game when it comes out i might have to wait a bit though i i i, I donated all my money to charity so yeah <laughs> that makes me sound a lot better i had a few dollars in the bank and i gave it to charity <laughs> shout out stage bomber guy for playing the best platformer of all time for charity yeah i mean this is gonna be over i i didn't even plan on bringing this up this is gonna be over by the time this podcast is like edited and put up but like i thought it like as 12 days to go or whatever no that's just a default thing on there oh he's, okay. he's playing until he finishes the game he's he's halfway through oh okay um he's doing 101 percent on Donkey kong 64 but like as of halfway through they're at like i think i think they're at like eighty thousand dollars donated and for uh transgender children in the uk and like yeah fuck yeah that's amazing they're at like 85 percent last time before we started recording this i know so uh, oh well every time he reaches a goal he just increases the goal oh okay. his original goal was 500 dollars. oh okay i didn't know that okay yeah i know i don't think he was expecting what happened to happen which okay. is great yeah he's gotten attention from everywhere so this, this is such a good cause and like Fuck yeah, man. It's so it's so nice to see something good actually happen. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of video games. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a lot to talk about with this one, but the same day that Resident Evil 2 dropped, uh, also another another uh, game demo dropped, and it was the God Eater 3 weekend action demo, which is a weird name. Uh, but it was a did did you download this because i know you said i i think you said you might Nah, you could honestly you convinced me not, not to yeah i don't think you would care for it um That's fair. god eater is anime monster hunter um, and it kind of came out in that time where, like, Monster Hunter was starting to become, like, okay, that's the classic take on the genre, and, like, stuff like Freedom Wars and, like, other games were kind of starting to be, like, okay. Soul Sacrifice. Uh, fucking, what's the other? Tokiden, like, uh, all these Vita games were, like, yeah, we can also be the Monster Hunter. Yeah. yeah, um... So, my God Eater experience is very limited. When uh, God Eater 2 Rage Burst, which is my favorite name ever, came out for PS4, it it also had a, um... It, it had a thing where if you pre-ordered it, you would also get God Eater Resurrection for free, because uh, they made a PS4 port of that one, too. Um, and I played about an hour of both, and I was like, yeah, this is cool, I'll get around to this someday or whatever. And then Monster Hunter World came out, like, months after that, and I was like, yeah, I probably won't ever go back to those. Um, and God Eater's interesting because, like, it kind of takes the Monster Hunter thing and I feel like in some ways tries to make it more of, like, a like shonen RPG type thing. Like, in, in Monster Hunter, if you don't have, like, actual people to play with, like, you just have to fight the monsters alone. In God Eater, you actually have, like, dedicated story missions that give you, like, a party. Like, specific characters with, like, stories and stuff will, like, join you and, like, hunt alongside you and stuff. Um, or also, too, like, uh, what happens in the God Eater 3 demo, demo, and I don't know if this happens in the other games. Um, if you 
are going on a mission and you don't have enough human players to fill out the whole party, those party members will just slot in and will be played by the AI, which is which is pretty cool. Um, and honestly, I feel like a lot of people were in the position where they're like, well, Monster Hunter World basically reinvented Monster Hunter and in a lot of ways kind of took what those other non-Monster Hunter games were doing and like kind of did it better. Uh, so what, like, what position does God Eater 3 take in a world where Monster Hunter World is, like, a huge international success and all these barriers to entry have already been eliminated and all that? Um, and honestly, it seems like really what they did is they took the standard God Eater stuff from 1 and 2 and just made it a little more streamlined to be more accessible. Um, and also just, like, obviously not with the same budget that Capcom has, but they, they made everything just look a little bit prettier. Like, it's very obvious this game is made for the PS4, and it was not a handheld game that later got a console port. Um, so the world just feels a little more realized, though you can still kind of tell it feels like it's made on a budget. Um, this game is interesting because I think it's the first case I can think of since maybe Pillars of Eternity. Actually, not even that one, I don't want to say, but... Um, this game has, like, a built-in encyclopedia, and, like, boy, do you need it, because, like, nothing's just called, like, a weapon. Like, everything's, like, a fucking, like, god arc, or, like, like all of that shit. And I feel like a lot of the barrier to entry to this one isn't like Monster Hunter, where it's just understanding how all of the gameplay systems works. It's literally just trying to wrap your head around, okay, what the fuck is this paragraph even telling me to do? Because you just used... Like, in one sentence, you used three words that you made up for this video game. Um, it's fun, and I do want to play it. Uh, and I, I kind of think maybe I might, like, do, like, a, a weekly stream thing for it. Just because it's like, hey, this this seems like a really relaxing thing to do for, like, an hour a day, like, every week or whatever. Um, but also, just saying, if, if anyone is interested in God Eater... I would say maybe pick that up sooner rather than later, even though it is, like, I think it is a full-price game, but, like, I, I have a feeling that this is going to be a pretty decent online game that is going to satisfy a specific, like, type of person, especially those who are, like, done with all of the current Monster Hunter World content. Um, but I feel like this, this is going to be a game that's active uh, online for, like, a month or two, and then, like, everyone's going to move on. So if you want, like, the full experience, maybe maybe jumping in sooner rather than later is advised. Um, but yeah. Just, uh, just a heads up, it started raining a fair bit here, so apologies if that uh, gets picked up. Okay. Maybe we'll get a cameo from your friend the train. Well, there's a motorcycle. I didn't hear the motorcycle. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Speaking of automobile, speaking of motorcycles, oh, you, you know who? Now, now you have to leave that in too. Yeah, you know who rides a motorcycle? Who rides a motorcycle? Travis touchdown. Who's that? He's striking again. He is the protagonist of No More Heroes, two games that came out for the Wii and then eventually got well. The first game got ported to the PS3 and in Japan the 360. No one played that it, one. It, it, it was the first game with, like, bosses from the second game added in as bonuses. Yeah. In a, in a weird way, where, like, because of the engine differences, they had to, like, rework how some of them worked, actually. It's fun. Nice. Um, 
I am the only person who actually prefers the PS3 version. Um, and I never actually played it. So honestly, my thing is, on paper, I do think the Wii version is better, but I also don't want to play with the motion controls. Yeah. They're, they're not bad, it's just I, I don't want to, you know? So... And to let you play with a classic controller, which is nice, so. Uh, but yeah, uh, Travis Strikes Again is the game that everyone got super excited for when it was announced, and then when it became apparent that this is incredibly a spin-off side story thing, and not No More Heroes 3, people were, oh, this, eh. And uh, it's very odd seeing, like, what was such a beloved game of the previous, of, well, actually, yeah, the previous generation, like. Two. Two, I guess. The Wii U makes things weird nowadays. Um, yeah. Uh, just kind of like, it just kind of came out. Um, and reviews have been pretty split. Like, I've I've read, like, I, I, I just went through this morning and I read everything. And, like, there are people that are like, I was, like, pretty impressed by this. And there's a lot of people that are like, this is fucking garbage. Don't play it. Um, I don't think it's, I would call it a very okay video game. <laughs> um I I hate this, but like I'm just going to outright say this because news articles are already coming out to say this and I think it was dumb that they didn't do this in the first place. There is a thing in that game that just confirms that No More Heroes 3 is in development like right now. And I think it's really dumb that they didn't lead with that because I feel like <laughs> putting this game in the position of like well if you want no more heroes 3 maybe you should buy this unrelated kind of game was are, a dumb you, idea like, is, it, is it definitely like a confirmed thing or is it just like a like a joke there there is all but a message that says hey we're making no more heroes 3 it seems like yeah i'll, I'll, I'll hold off and wait until like a press release on that one yeah um it seems like they kind of wanted it to be, like, a ooh, big surprise thing, and I don't think it was justified. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think... When when people want your game to be something, and your game instead says, hey, I know you wanted this to be that, but don't worry, you'll get that... Like, that's... People paid money to play that game. It like... reminds me of the Metroid Prime 3DS thing. Mm. Where at the end, they're like, hey, Metroid Prime 4, and, like... That's <laughs> like no one wanted this 3DS game. Um, I actually didn't even know that did that. Yeah, at the end they they set up the plot for Metroid Prime Four, Oof. which is uh, honestly that's also I think a good reason for not doing it because people not a lot of people are going to play your thing and like hey people just don't know so when it like comes out like it doesn't matter anyways. Um, I do. So one thing is this is actually the first game in a while that Suda has straight up directed because a lot of it, he has kind of a Kojima thing going on with him where a lot of the games people credit to Suda are actually like, oh, it's done by Grasshopper and Suda is involved, but he's not actually calling the shots. Um, And I feel like you can really feel it in the writing quality. And I actually do think I one thing I do respect um, and I feel like is, I, it's weird because I respect it, but I also am in the position where I can't appreciate it because of, like, my history with Suda games. Uh, that game is just straight up like, hey, I hope you played the rest of Suda's games. Because there's this thing where between the actual game parts, there's, like, this weird pseudo-visual novel segment that takes place in, like, like, it's just a callback to old, like, really old-ass PC visual novel games, 
and like you straight up get shit like oh these two characters are from the 25th ward and like i kind of respect that he's just like yeah i want this to be a love letter to all of my old shit that has like kind of developed a love letter to me yeah like but like because i i know some people that like have like gotten really into silver case stuff and like they're adoring it from what it seems and it's like it does kind of make me want to go back and check those games out because like i always know they like i've always known that those are loved games but like they're old and kind of slow and like it's like ah you know um but I, at the very least, I feel like this could have been, like, the cheapest of cash-ins, and I'm happy that he at least is trying to do stuff with it. Um, the gameplay is fine. I don't think it's f going to satisfy a lot of people's needs in terms of, like, oh, no more heroes. Um, it has a very weird thing where I feel like... Because there's, like, a light and heavy attack, just like No More Heroes. I feel like the light attack is too light to be satisfying, and the heavy attack is too, like, you have to commit to it too much to also be, like, satisfying enough. So it feels a little awkward, and, um... Like, No More Heroes combat, I feel like, was never really, like... It it wasn't, the like... It, it was, was serviceable for that game. Like, like the, the combat wasn't the highlight. The highlight was, like, the bosses. Yeah, know? and, like, there was always a feeling of jank in both of those games, and, and it mm -hmm. kind of carries over here. But also, like, boy, this game was made on a budget, and you can tell why it's only $40. <laughs> um, I actually didn't know it was only $40. I thought it was a full 60 No, it, it's a budget title. Okay. That Hey, that's good, at least. Yeah, I... It feels like maybe it should have been 20 or 30 but whatever. Yeah. Um. Uh, also, let me actually check, because... It's 40 for the physical version, which all physical copies come with the season pass, I believe. Oh, boy. So I think you might be able to get it cheaper on the eShop. I'm just going to look real quick. Might as well. Um, Nintendo eShop Travis Strikes Again is... Uh, I need to enter my date because Nintendo doesn't want me seeing violent things. I was born in 1974. Yeah, it's thirty dollars digital, forty dollars physical with the season pass. So that's it's not that bad. That's pretty. But honestly, cool. that 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 uh, that changes my opinion on the game slightly. Um, and although I, I do I, I do have one thing to say, but I'll let you finish. Okay. Yeah, I was about to say the only thing I really know about the season pass is I I feel like um or the, I don't feel like, but the only thing I know is I think it adds Shinobu and I think another character, but I don't know the details. But yeah. Anyways, yeah, what, what was your thing? Uh, so, <laughs> this is going to be a little heretical on the podcast name to this, but uh, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter. I feel like I feel like my time with No More Heroes has passed. Um, when when Travis Strikes Again was first announced, I was like, oh, sweet, that's awesome. What a great get for the Switch. But, like, the more I look at that game, it's like, I, I want to say I don't want to buy it because it looks like a low-budget collection of minigames, but to be honest, it's the writing. And then I think back to No More Heroes, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think I would enjoy those games as much as I did when I was younger today either. They and like it, aged it, bizarrely. <laughs> it, it's it's not an attack against people that like them. That's fine. I, I still totally get why people like those games. But, like, yeah, I, I, I think that, like, type of writing that's very, like, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, hey, gamers, am I right? Like... Unless you're doing something with that, um, it doesn't do much for me. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm still a No More Heroes type of guy. 
uh it's interesting because i it's weird and like as i've gotten older and also more of discourse about like using gamer as identity type shit and i mean after we discussed 2018 as gamers you know i think we really sealed the deal there um it's weird because i i can never get a finger on how much no more heroes wants to be fuck yeah gamers or also oh god travis is the biggest loser and to be honest i don't know if no more heroes knows either you know yeah i i, I feel like they want to have their cake and eat it too a bit with travis as a character it's i I, I feel like there's definitely a couple of moments where it's self-aware of like hey he's kind of a loser but it's also very like but you're a loser too so he's he's one of you and it's just like hmm it's it's bizarre. I, I, I cannot say I relate with Travis Touchdown very much. No. Um, like, yeah, and, like, Man. that's the thing, because, like, they... It's... I feel like there are aspects of his character that are deliberately crafted for you to not be able to, from the sociopathy to, like, even, like... There's a lot of shit they imply with the weird lolly shit he's really into, I feel. Yeah, but the thing is, they don't do anything with that. It's... it's it. Honestly, it's truly just feels there for like you to stare at. It, it's there for you to relate to, in my opinion. And I don't. <laughs> I I I don't know if I'd I feel so, conflicted on it. It's weird. So I watched I watched the opening cutscene for Travis Strikes Again, and I was just like, man, this writing is not too great. Like literally the, the only joke they have in there is is hey, stop trying to butter up the gamers they just keep mentioning the fact that it's a video game and they don't do anything with it. And I don't, I need a little bit more substance if you're going to like try to break the fourth wall like that. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just personally didn't find it funny. And I used to, I, I did like the, the writing of no more heroes one and two back in the day, but not really anymore. It, and honestly, I have not enjoyed a single Suda game that I've looked at. I have not played any of the other ones, but I, I just don't think his style of writing is for me. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, um, it's weird because also too, like a lot of No More Heroes is the bosses and they yeah. feel less of a presence in this one, but I did like so far what I have gotten of them. Um, the first and like, hey, this kind of goes back to your thing about hot video game reference. The, the very first boss that you kill is like one of Travis's favorite video game characters and they kind of go into like, Oh, like, I idolize the shit out of you, but also, like, hey, you're here. It would be really fucking cool if I kill you right now. Let's fucking fight. And, like, I do really, like, I can't, like, I love that aspect of Travis of a character of, like, exploring him starting that series as, like, he really just wants to sleep with Sylvia. And as it goes on being, like, you just really fucking like killing people. <laughs> um, I, Yeah, I think my only issue is that, like, it it plays that as like it, it doesn't actually have anything to say about that and there are other video games out there that do that better yeah i can i can see that there like i mean it, it's a, it's a fucking trope at this point like everyone knows the metal gear solid you know yeah and like there there are a lot of video games that have have looked at that in a better way. And I'm not saying that you have to be deep and subversive. Like if you want to indulge in the violence, that's fine. But like, I feel like no more heroes wants you to think it's being deep and subversive, but then it doesn't actually do anything to earn that. Yeah. It's, it's something 
I uh, I do want to do playthroughs of those first two games at some point this year. I actually was supposed to do one this December, and then I got sidetracked. I take a shot every time I say that about anything I ever plan on doing. I don't want to get drunk tonight. Damn. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's some honestly like my I think my biggest beef quality wise with um the uh, No More Heroes writing is uh, the stuff with Jean at the end of that first game. I don't know if you know yeah. about that. Uh, I mean, I remember the character and stuff like that. Well, okay, so you know the part where they fast forward through her dialogue. Oh yeah, I, I remember listening to the slowed down version. Yeah, it's not good. It's no. it's very bad actually. Um, yeah. That's always been like my major thing, or it's like not a fan of that. Um, but yeah, do we well, have to that... rename the podcast now? Oh no. I mean, you're the one that, like, you named this podcast before I was ever on it. I never had a say in this podcast name. That's true. When you named this podcast, I like, not only was I still just a, a guest for the first episode, which, Longest by the way... standing guest in, in WAF history. I have that. never been confirmed as anything other than a guest for the first episode. <laughs> I love but this. I, I am still just a guest. But I don't even think you have had decided to bring me on as the guest yet. Like, you had already named the podcast by the time you decided to bring me yeah, on. Yeah, that's right, because this podcast was originally going to be called Devil Trigger, which, hey, mm. sometimes I got thoughts about that in a post-TMC5 world. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, though, I, I will say that Devil Trigger does sound like we're just trying to be a Devil May Cry podcast. It does. We are finally podcast at least, like, has the word podcast in it and is a little more generic. Yeah. And I mean, for, for like, I'm not saying I don't like We Are Finally Podcast, but WASP has a good snappiness to it. So. I feel like we had an entire night discussing how WASP had grown on us, like, a year ago. Yeah, probably. Because it's just fun to say WASP. We, we use it as, like, a verb. Yeah, we say wafting all the time, actually. It's like, hey, you want to waft? Yeah. We haven't wafted in a while, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that got really self-indulgent of us. Yeah. Also, I just... This is really dumb, but, like, I like the name... I like the nonsense of the term we are finally podcast just in and of itself because I feel like it establishes a tone. Yeah, it does. It, it's not, It's not a bad name for us. Yeah. It, it'd be yeah. a bad name if it was anyone else like i wouldn't want to show it to someone with like a 401k but like you know it gets the yeah. job done <laughs> i wouldn't i wouldn't want to show it to jeff gerskman gerskman you Gersman. tried it you tried it i can't believe you don't know who jeff gerskman is J john john jeff gerskman you actually should know hold on let me confirm this I don't... Wait, hey. you, you know who Jeff Gersman is, though, right? G George? Uh, damn. This, by the way, this is referencing an opening bit that we've cut. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is. Okay, but, like, I can't tell if this is a bit. You you know who Jeff Gersman is, right? I've heard the name. Okay, okay. He is the guy who started Giant Bomb after the Kane Lynch 2 Debacle, debacle. Yeah, I, I was ne I was never a, a giant bomb boy. Okay, um, he's also you probably know him better for one specific incident, which was the Twilight Princess eight point eight incident. Uh, whatever. Yeah, 
which uh oh, Wait, did he give twilight princess an 8.8 .8? oh you don't know about that i mean i i know that zelda fans can be silly yeah so so when twilight princess came out one of the first reviews that came out was jeff gersman's and he gave it an 8.8 .8, and zelda fans lost their shit and like found his home address and like it was bad so I just did, uh, and again, I did not mean to talk about this, but it's for a reason. I just did a, a Zelda video on my YouTube channel looking at Hyrule, and to do it, I played through uh, at least half of like every Zelda game to grab footage. Um, hey, I love Twilight Princess. 8.8, .8, little generous. <laughs> I, I, I love Zelda so much. I, I feel like that game's a solid 8, and I also love that game a lot. It, it's a solid 8. If someone told me they rated it as a 7, I would go, yeah, I can see that it's it's really shitty because I, i'm not gonna lie there there have been periods of my life where i actually have unironically appreciate appreciated twilight princess more than even ocarina um <laughs> where i'm at now i i'm like yeah i like how ocarina handles a lot of shit better but like yeah there's a lot about twilight princess i love that like that game Same. is that game is honestly a lot a lot of it is a rehash but like you know it's um good. It, it is. I mean, I mean, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but um, one one of the points I make in my video, which isn't looking at the games mechanically, it's just looking at Hyrule as a setting. But I appreciate Twilight Princess because you could argue that it's more uh, generic and a little bit more uh, plain into traditional like fantasy and medieval Europe than most of Zelda is. Um, but that when when someone tells me to think of Hyrule as a kingdom in its prime, that is always the game I will go to because that game that game is Hyrule as a kingdom like Breath of the Wild it, it has has really supplanted it in a lot of ways but um Breath of the Wild is, is post-apocalyptic and Twilight Princess is not you get yeah. to see you get to see the civilization of Hyrule and Twilight Princess in a way that you really don't in any other game so I I love it for that I I do also think it's like I don't even think this is to the game's credit necessarily, but I just think it's an interesting thing. Twilight Princess is is so much a reaction to Wind Waker in the sense that, like... Yeah. You know, like, that whole audience clamored for Nintendo to make, like, the GameCube tech demo version of Zelda. Yes. G give, give us the Space World demo. Give us mature, grown-up Zelda games. Yeah, and... Give us Lord of the Rings. I think it's an interesting case study in... Because Nintendo is not normally a company to do that, I feel. Like, they don't yeah. give in to demands like that easily. I think it's... Okay, I will say maybe it is to the game's credit. I think... I Yeah, fuck it, I'll say it. I think it is to that game's credit that that game is Nintendo relenting and saying, Okay, massive fan base, here, here's what you want. And I still think that even aside from that, they still managed to give that game quite the like identity and and make it their own, which and that is that is good. exactly exactly the case with Breath of the Wild as well. Yeah, Breath of the Wild is a reaction to the fan base reaction to Skyward Sword. Yeah, because everything that Twilight Princess is to Wind Waker, Skyward Sword is to or sorry, Breath of the Wild is to Skyward Sword. Which is which is funny because like Twilight Princesses Twilight Princess um Twilight is Princess also, is the sequel to Twilight Princess yeah, coming to Switch. Tw Twilight Princess <laughs> is also very story focused. Um, tw like Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword are the two games that have the biggest focus on story. Yeah. Um, and Breath of the Wild is, is a clear step away from that and almost brings it back to the way like Wind Waker felt. 
Yeah. But Honestly, anyway, even Wind Waker had more story than Breath of the Wild, though. Yeah, it did. It did. But, like, going from Wind Waker directly into Twilight Princess, you could, like, oh, God, yeah, like, every, every like, ten minutes, it's like, oh, you gotta get back to this town because you got a big cutscene, you got a big story moment coming. And it's, like, in, in like, Ocarina of Time, Wind Waker, and, and all those games, it's very much, like, yeah, you, you can do stuff between the dungeons if you want, but, like, Twilight Princess is, like, no, you've got, like, an hour of story between these two dungeons, and it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, I've talked about Zelda enough. I want to move on. Okay. <laughs> I'm done with Zelda for a bit. I, I've talked... I just made a 45-minute video. Speaking of the Land of Hyrule, you'll find that there's a lot of... A lot of... Well, speaking of the Legend of Zelda, we got to talk about another legend. In fact, we need to talk about a legendary Super Saiyan. All right, we're in. This is it. This is what everyone came here for, based off of the title and build-up and thumbnail. We're going in. Okay, so... Woo! It originally, I believe even last podcast, we both discussed the fact that we weren't going to be able to see the Broly movie in theaters. The Dragon Ball Super Broly movie in theaters. <laughs> Did we? I, I, it was either, it was either this podcast or the one from like half a decade ago that we recorded where we talked about My Hero Academia. Either way, oh, no. there was a point where both of us talked about, oh yeah, we're not going to be able to see it. And then they just added more theaters and like two of the theaters added were like close enough to us that we could both see it. I, I mean, my, mine was at my local theater that I always go to. Yeah, so... Uh, we both were able to see Dragon Ball Super Broly kind of at the last minute. We both didn't think we'd be able to see it, so. Yeah, I, I, Rosin saw the movie a couple days ago. I got out, like, two hours ago. Yeah, so when, uh, when we knew of this, we were, I, was it you or me who were like, let's rewatch the Broly movies? Uh, I believe it was me. Yeah, so I, I went on Amazon and I got that, that gosh darn blu-ray broly triple feature which has broly the legendary super saiyan broly second coming and bio broly all in one beautiful blu-ray disc yeah and uh i rewatched the original and second coming the day before going to see it and then i watched bio broly today because i didn't have the energy to watch that after seeing second coming so i i i watched uh i watched the first of the three that's all yeah let's get into it okay so right, so we're, we're talking og and i should establish that I, I i did i have seen all three before when i was younger so like it's i'm not like oh, i don't know what second coming like i we're, we're gonna get into it so. yeah so it, it was yeah we're we're gonna go in chronological order here and uh it was it was yeah. an experience seeing these after because i probably haven't see, seen them since like they were first dubbed because okay. like these things were rental like rental store fodder rosin but before we get into this let, let's talk about dubs for a second okay uh this is important trust me so your your dragon ball experience is almost exclusively the funimation dub yes um Mine is kind of all over the place. When I was a young child, like young into Dragon Ball Z for the first time, I watched the Funimation dub as it was airing. Um, and then I kind of gra gravitated away towards that into the uh, fan subs. 
I watched all of the 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 uh, Boo arc in Japanese, and then from then on, I was like Japanese boy all the time. Let's let me reword that. I was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Japanese Dragon Ball Z fan sub boy. Is that we talked about Ghost of the Shell last swap? Yeah, um, oof, let's let's bail on that joke. I'm not even gonna go there. Um, y'all know what I mean. Yeah. Um, I'm not Scarlett Johansson. I am a fan of uh, subtitled Dragon Ball Z. I rewatched all of Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z and fan subs after that, and then I watched like the official subs for Kai when that was happening, and I've watched the official subs for Dragon Ball Super, all of it. Um, there is one exception to this. And I believe I've talked about it with you before. I'm sure I mentioned it on Twitter. I don't know if I've talked about it in a, in a, a WAF or, or thing before. But um, the exception to this is the movies. There are a few movies that I've watched the Funimation dub of. Uh, I, I, I know I watched the, the Funimation dub for The Dead Zone and uh, the uh, cooler movie. Because I, I, I got the cooler version with the, uh, with the, with the uh, Disturbed in the background. Hell yeah. But... When I was a kid, I, I found out there were a bunch of Dragon Ball Z movies and I went to my parents and I was like, I, I need I need these movies. Can I can I buy one on the Internet? And my dad was like big into eBay at the time. And he was like, yeah, sure. Let, let me look it up. And he found he was like, I know you wanted one of them, but I, I found all of them for like 10 bucks. Oh, and hell I was just yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. So I had two VHS tapes with all of the Dragon Ball Z movies. There were also a couple episodes of the show. I, it had the entirety of uh, the like filler arc of like the Otherworld Tournament and then the Great Salmon Saga. And those episodes were the Funimation dub. But the movies were the Malaysian dub. Hell yeah. The good shit. The Big Green. No, not Big Green. Oh, not Big Green? Big Green is something else. Damn. This this Malaysian dub is not very well known. There are a couple of YouTube videos out there that, like, do a compilation. You could find those, but I have not been able to find, like, the full movies in the Malaysian dub. Um, And it is... Like, they're speaking in English, but it is heavily accented. The script is hilariously bad, and they are very clearly not good actors. But I was a kid, so I didn't really understand. So I just watched them like that. Yeah. And that that has been my primary... Like, I watched those movies a few times, and that was always the way I watched them, because that's what I owned. Um, And I did not realize, until going to watch this Broly movie, that I had never seen it without the Malaysian dub. Oh my god. So this was my first time getting to watch the Broly movie not in the Malaysian dub. Um... Oh, and I had a hard choice to make. I ended up going with the Funimation dub, uh, specifically the Funimation dub with the Japanese music. Okay, because because the theater was playing the new Broly movie in the dub, so I figured out I'd do that. But um, it was a little weird not having Broly with the Malaysian voice. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, um. Well, what, they, what? Call, they call Saiyans the Saya people. <laughs> That's good. Every time it's like, oh, you are the prince of the Saya people. You know, I, I should get into my history because what I think I had probably a very, 
very vanilla experience in comparison, where I just watched all of the shit that was on TV, and Toonami, if I recall, actually did a pretty good job of adding in those movies when they, like, I mean, none of the movies line up chronologically, but, like, the points where they should be, roughly, I do believe that they made a big event, like, this Saturday, Frieza's brother, like, all that other shit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, And, like, they always made it, like, a big event, like, oh, shit, you're gonna want to stay home for this one, kiddos, or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kiddos. It, yeah, <laughs> that's that's how Toonami was. I'm making that up, but mm-hmm. um, they, I mean, they did do a good job, and actually, there is actually a whole subculture of cutting together fake Toonami promos, because they were fucking good at it, and, like, yeah. it's a very weird aesthetic, and actually, I kind of, I, I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of watching these, because, um, like, a lot of, a lot of Universal Century Gundam stuff actually got play on Toonami at, like, really weird hours of the night, and, like, they made, like, an art of, like, cutting together, like, all of this shit with, like, this weird, like, mid-2000s CGI where, like, it had all these weird borders and shit and, like, 90s animation was playing in the background. And it's just, like, a really cool vibe and, like, electronic music is playing in the background. It's it's fun. Um, And, like, add on top of that, like, the only existing archives of this are people's, like, shitty DVD recordings that are all fuzzy and shit. It's an aesthetic that I, I appreciate a lot. Um... But yeah, they they did a really good job of playing a lot of those old DBZ movies, and then the ones that they didn't play always got, like, the DVD releases and shit, and those were, like, you know, a lot a lot of those did have, like, they would add in licensed, like, rock and metal tracks and all that shit. So, my version of all those movies has, like, Pantera and, like, fucking all of this other, like, shit like deftones is playing in the background when goku gets angry at cooler like that is my dbz experience um and like as a kid i i had made a purpose of like i feel like i've talked about this on here like i i made a purpose of like having a checklist and making sure i had seen everything dbz related i could get my hands on and that included all of the movies when like they they came into like the local rental stores and all that so um but that being said i had i had not rewatched this stuff since I was probably like 15 at the latest. So it was an experience going back and uh seeing these again. So do we want to get into <laughs> to your Broly the legendary Super Saiyan thoughts? Sure. Um I don't know how much I don't know how much our thoughts are going to line up on this, but um I I do have a few things written down. Okay. Um the first and and kind of the most important thing is that um the more you get into dragon ball stuff you you will learn that there are two types of dragon ball media and i kind of hate to break it down like this but there's the canon stuff and there's the non-canon stuff you could also say there's the toriyama stuff and non-toriyama stuff i think that's a yeah um Toriyama Dragon Ball has a certain feel to it. And to be fair, that that feel does evolve and change. Like, early Dragon Ball that Toriyama did feels different from Middle of Z, which feels different from Super. But the the non-Toriyama stuff from the 90s has a very particular feel. You can feel it in a lot of the Dragon Ball Z filler episodes, and you can definitely feel it in GT, and especially in these movies. Yeah, you can. Um, 
it is, it is hard to pin down exactly what's different, but you just can tell when you start looking at it like that. Um, you will find a lot of weird alien creatures. Um, <laughs> a lot. I'm so happy you brought up the fucking alien creatures. It's such a common trait. Um, but okay, yes, but also the little green mohawk people in this movie, yes, are the also, most egregious the, version of it. There's a guy who's just randomly an octopus. <laughs> what? What? Um, I will also say that a lot of this stuff puts puts a heavy focus on side characters that often go ignored. So, like in all these movies, you're gonna see a lot of Master Roshi and a lot of Oolong. Yeah. And they're often used for really bad comedy that is not funny. Yeah. That that really interrupts the pacing. But I'll get into that later. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I have a couple of notes, but do you have anything you want to say in regards to that stuff? Um, so, I feel like we're, we're also going to be talking about this a lot. Um, it is weird thinking about how much of, like, okay, there is more to Broly's character here than, like the screaming Kakarot over and over again thing became. Which I really did not remember. I See, I always knew that, okay, there's more, like, I always knew because the one thing you will always hear about Broly, and especially in the build-up to Super, is Broly has no character. And my thing was always, no, he does, it's just bad. Like, he, he does have a bit of a character there. The the Im the image of, like, the, the, the enraged uh, Broly that just screams Kakarot that comes from the second movie. I did not realize that. Like, I, I had watched this first movie several times, granted, with the Malaysian dub. Yeah. But I, 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 I forgot that, like, how much actual dialogue he has here. Yeah. Um, I have I have something to say about how I feel Broly's character is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is potential there. I, I, I forgot that, like, the original idea of his character was, like, Okay, what if there was a Super Saiyan sociopath? Yeah. Um and With that the was edgiest 90s backstory of all time. Yeah. Oh, for for sure. But like th that that could have been good if handled by better writers. Yeah. So I'm just going to go out and say this cuz I've already gone there. I did not like this movie. <laughs> it's not great. Um this movie was pretty bad. The pacing is terrible. It is so fucking boring. My favorite is the subplot that goes nowhere of, like, Paragus needs to constantly get Vegeta to go hunting for the legendary Super Saiyan. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> so, I mean, so I understand that he's doing that to stall for time. That is the, maybe the most, like, terribly thought out way to get <laughs> to stall for time in that situation. Yeah. Um... And also the entire plot of the green people needing to be <laughs> to be yeah. freed from the slave laborers, or it's, to be oh, from their slave masters because they are slave laborers rather, which I feel like only exists to have the scene where Broly blows up their planet and goes suck it, green kid, <laughs> like you know. I uh, I I have I have a, a very special note to make in regards to the pacing of this movie, how how dull it is and how filled with things that that take up the time that don't need to be there are there is a line of dialogue in this movie that is now the real fight begin and that is two minutes before the credit rolls 
Now the real fight begins is said two minutes before the credits are rolling. They wrap up that fight. The real fight begins, ends. They go home. There's some wacky comedy relief. And then the credits roll. (laughs) And that all happens in two minutes. It's so bad. Um, I did... There's one other thing I kind of want to point out, too. Um, I don't know if you got this, but... So I will say, Broly's backstory, I always remembered it. And I feel like everyone remembers it as... Goku cried as a kid and Broly hated that, so he wants to kill him. Mm-hmm. And that is there. But they go more into um, King Vegeta uh, tried to have Broly fucking murdered. Yeah, no, which which is, in my opinion, the most 90s edge part of it, because you see the shadow silhouette of a baby getting stabbed with a knife. A, a bi- like, yeah, it's a shadow, <laughs> but you see a baby straight up get stabbed. With a knife! um but then like so like that could have been okay character motivation but they just keep adding stuff onto it (laughs) and like there's the goku crying there's paragus controlling him by the way um super shout out i don't know if you picked this up man that scene where Peregris puts the controlling thing on broly is like an alternate version take on the scene with luke and kylo ren in the last jedi (laughs) (laughs) that scene plays out very similar i was not thinking about that that is the first thing that came to mind (laughs) Peregris is standing over broly in this scene (laughs) and then broly's eyes wake up and he's like father it's it's so the same, it's the same scene. <sighs> um. Anyway, <laughs> Vegeta I, is super out of character. Okay, that that's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Well, the first thing I want to reference is I. Uh, sorry. Okay, the one thing I do want to reference is um. Quick shout out to one specific song added in the original dub soundtrack, which is Lazarus by The Aleph, who, as far as I can tell, were an electronic group that had one album that nobody nobody listened to. If you look them up on YouTube, the only people talking about them are in re- reference to the Broly movie. <laughs> um, and also, they don't even have a Wikipedia page. So um, mm. I think they have a Bandcamp page where you can actually buy their one album. Um, <laughs> but... Um, that's a good-ass song, and also, I'm actually pretty sure that I I have vague memories of being at a party with my ex-girlfriend while that song was playing in the background, playing ping-pong, when, when I was in, like, middle school. And I would not be surprised if someone brought up... I Okay, I, well, okay, I was going to say I would not be surprised if someone brought up, oh, this is from the Broly movie at that party. What I actually think might have been the case is that was on the soundtrack probably because of the Broly movie. <laughs> so, just fun trip down memory lane. It's the, it's the song that plays for people wondering when Goku and Broly have the stare down in the hallway. Of the castle, because of course there's a castle. Yeah. I, I had the real music playing. So. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, I had the real music playing. <laughs> I, I, I accepted going English up for this movie. I will not listen to the English soundtrack. It's so good. When Broly goes fucking legendary Super Saiyan Pantera starts playing, it's so fucking funny. Oh, By the way, a- another side note. I, I want to get to Vegeta, but another side note, the dub for this movie is not very good. No, I mean, like, 
all early of, Dragon Ball Z dub. I'm all, sorry, all I, of it I is know aged poorly. I know that there are people who, who like that's how I that's how I heard it growing up, and I and I love it, and I understand that it is not a good dub. No. It, it it is it is dumbed down for children in a weird way, and I don't mean that as like oh they don't mention that Roshi likes porn. I don't mean that. I mean like there are moments in in every like Dragon Ball Z episode and including the movies where it's clearly meant to be a moment of like people staring each other down. And, like, they're afraid that you won't get it, so they add narration to the character's thoughts that's not in the original. And, like, God, it, it does not trust you to get anything. But the other thing that's fucked up is because some of these movies, and you're not going to get to this because I think this is only the case for Second Coming and Bio Broly. Yeah. But because some of these were not originally made for tv the first because broly it very clearly was made in a way that i think it's i think it's clear that like this is supposed to be for broadcast yeah and instead of saying master roshi had too much booze they say he ate too many tuna sandwiches he, oh my fucking god that murdered me but he still uses the word hangover i know it's the same sentence it's like oh i've got a bad hangover and then it was like, like you shouldn't have had too many tuna, tuna sandwiches. sandwiches fucking yeah um <laughs> Okay, so Second Coming and Bio Broly, though, very clearly were supposed to be for home video first, and like, eh, fuck it, maybe it'll be on TV, and like, we can deal with that later. It's the weird middle ground of, okay, it's still the dumb made-for-kids thing, but also, okay, we can be uncut and say, like, more edgy stuff now. It's so fucking weird. You see, it, it, it's weird coming from the Malaysian dub, because one moment I'll always remember is actually from the Dead Zone. Do you remember the bit where, where Gohan eats the fruit and gets high? Yeah. So I I'm I know that since I know like I know they they say something weird. Like they, they write that off in some particular way in the English dub. I forget how it's handled. But in the in the in the Malaysian dub, the guy just goes, No, don't eat that. You will get drunk. <laughs> and I remember being a kid and being like, Can you get drunk from apples? <laughs> Like I legit was like, damn, are there apples out there that are that have alcohol in them? Like it really confused me for like a couple years. Okay. So, so maybe these movies should be dumbed down. So anyway. Let's talk about what I really wanted to talk about, which is we're all going to die. No, why are you fighting him? It's pointless. We're all gonna fucking die. There's no point to this. I'm not giving you my energy. Don't no. There's no reason to struggle. Just accept our deaths. <laughs> so my... this like this writer hated Vegeta. <laughs> he made Vegeta the most coward ass coward that's ever existed. Like, you, you could not get less in character. I'm pretty sure even Gohan's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know? Every everyone is like, stop being like this. So I think the theme of Broly, if there is one, is in that scene where Vegeta decides to give Goku energy, and at th it is the most bare minimum ass story beat of "Hey, maybe trust in people." I guess. You, you know what makes me actually kind of angry about that? What is that? Like, you know what? I I'm gonna do some research here. When did this movie come out? 1994. 1994. When did the Boo Saga end? 
I think it was actually like 90. This came out during the end of the Cell saga. Okay, but in the manga, though. Oh, I don't know. Because I kind of hate the idea. Okay. No, okay, so so the Buu saga was 94 in the manga and it ended in 95 in the anime. Okay. So it was around the same time. So there is a chance that this movie beat the Buu saga to that moment, which kind of pisses me off. <laughs> because that's a bit like, like that is Vegeta's character arc in the Buu saga. <sighs> I'm like, fuck you, Broly. You don't deserve that moment. <laughs> When you just have Vegeta whining the whole movie about how he's gonna die. I also really enjoy the the greenish yellow energy aura of let's give you our power that has like was never used ever again in anything. Yeah. Man, if only they could use the color green to good effect in a Dragon Ball movie. Oh boy. <sighs> so, uh can is is that it for Broly the Legendary Super Saiyan? Oh, actually, do we want to talk about how he goes out in like a really lame way? I mean, the the entire fight is lame, but sure. Yeah, he 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 punches him in the abdomen, and because he's super powered up now, he just blows up. Yeah, yeah. he gets he yeah. gets Vegeta's energy. Says now the real fight begins, and then punches him once. Also, I'm a really big fan of the the little subplot detail where Paragus is like, I get rid of all of y'all, I'm gonna fly away on my own, I'll be free from my son, and and also everyone's dead. And then Broly crushes him, and then he says something later like, did he really think an asteroid colliding into this planet would kill me? And like, actually, yes, because there is explicitly a flashback sequence where we see Broly and Paragus flying in space with no, like, masks or anything, blowing yeah. up the planet. Yeah. Like, he was a, he was fine with that when he was a teenager. What makes you think now that he flew gonna... through space when he was a baby? <laughs> He it did. is like Broly's character in this movie is so bad. Every line of dialogue is just "I'm evil and I'm gonna kill all of you," <laughs> and like it's such a badly written movie. It is, and like I, I will still fly the flag that Cooler is a better villain, even though he's not much better. Yeah, on, honestly, like I, 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 I'm not a big fan of Cooler as the character, but he's so, so much better than this. I, honestly, we're, hey. When we transition to the second movie, I'll say this: I only watched with the Malaysian dub. I feel like just having him be more silent probably a good thing. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I the only thing I wanted to say is at least Cooler has the motivation that is somewhat interesting. Of oh, I'm going to get I'm going to avenge my brother who I didn't even like anyways, just on the principle of the fact I don't like that you killed him. <laughs> Yeah, that's which is, at least which something. It's a very, it's a very Dragon Ball motivation. Yeah, that's like that's some Vegeta shit. Like if someone had killed Goku, Vegeta would have killed them for that reason. Yeah, and the only other thing I have to say is, uh, hey, I mean, like this is true of like most of the movies, but like, hey, pretty good animation in a lot of parts for the Broly movie. But eh, for the time, sure. Like, like the the directing and the choreography is bad. But the animation, like, they, they did their job. It's on part of the show. Yeah. And, um, can, can I tear into the second coming now? Oof, oof. 
So what what a statement. So the plot of the second coming is that Broly, even though we saw him blowing up, uh, is actually fine and somehow managed to make his way to Earth where he gets stuck in a glacier on an island. Um and Goten and Trunks and Videl are searching for the Dragon Balls on this island. I have to interrupt you. Okay. And I'm not going to do this again, but I need to let you know that in the Malaysian dub, despite the fact that it is Goku and Trunks and Videl, Videl says, I'm Kami. And then Goten goes, I'm Goku. Nice. Which was also very confusing for me as a child. That That's please, fair. Please, please continue. So... Uh, they find a weird village that needs to make a sacrifice to a giant dinosaur every year. And as part of a distraction plot to kill the dinosaur for the village, Goten starts crying, which awakens the sleeping frozen Broly. Because <laughs> it's like Goku's crying. Because <laughs> it's like Goku's crying. They even flash back to Goku crying and everything. Um, and then Broly shows up the next day, and then the movie stops having a plot. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. There's days. even less story. They give even less of a shit. And I think my main takeaway from this is, man, people rag on Super as, like, hey, like, this is so clearly, like, oh, God, you don't even, like, want to tell a serious story anymore, and, like, you were just here for, like... Fu like haha funny jokes and fight scenes i'm sorry as soon as broly shows up this becomes a non-movie and this is just like fight scene after fight scene for like like the rest of like the 30 minute runtime or whatever the fuck it is it's pretty short i i have my issues with super but i will take it over these broly movies any day um i forgot about the scene where broly starts to rip apart trunks over his head and trunks's response is to piss on broly's head yep I remember that bit. And Broly hey. just kind of throws him away and goes, uh-oh. <laughs> so, so and, and to be fair, that is a callback, because if I recall, there is a pissing scene earlier in the movie. Yes, because Goten See, has... call back with the piss. Goten needs to pee, and then Trunks also is like, oh, I need to go too. And then they, they later on, Trunks like, oh, oops, I gotta go, and Broly's ripping me apart, and then Broly's like, ugh, and then he throws Trunks into the water because he's so disgusted. I have another story. Okay. Broly, The Second Coming, was the first movie on the second VHS tape of my two VHS tapes. Okay. When they came in the mail, my dad went, oh, let's plug one in. So my dad's only exposure to Dragon Ball in his entire life is like the first 10 minutes of that movie in the Malaysian dub, and we turned it off when the pissing scene started. Nice. I remember him being like, yeah, it's a little weird, okay? And he handed it to me. And the, uh, that's all he's ever seen of Dragon Ball. So that's fair. That there. That's fair. So. Continue. So. Is uh, the action good at least? Like. Mm. no i'd say it's worse mm. um gohan is flying over the ocean and then he stops and goes oh shit i think videl goten and trunks are in trouble and that's his introduction <laughs> um nice. and then he starts fighting and he has the genius idea of i'm going to fly i'm going to make lava waves happen because we're flying over a molten crater now 
and then I'm going to fly in, and then at last minute duck out, and then Broly's going to get hit by the lava waves. And it's really bad and boring. Uh, and then he gets saved by Piccolo, but it's not actually Piccolo. It's Krillin dressed up as Piccolo for some reason that they don't explain. I don't remember that. <laughs> yes. Pic oh. Pic it shows Piccolo grabbing Gohan and saving... Because after that happens, Gohan's like, oh, Broly really did a number on me, and he passes out on a rock, and the lava starts to flood in. And it shows Piccolo saving Gohan, and then when Gohan wakes up, it's actually revealed to be Krillin in Piccolo's clothing. And he's like, oh, I thought you are Piccolo. And Krillin's like, no, I, but it's it's weird wearing his stuff, haha. And then he takes it off, and he's just, like, it's just Krillin wearing, like, purple for the rest of the movie. Oh. <laughs> oh. Um. Oh, no. And then they're... They have a beam battle with Broly where Ghost Goku pops in for a second so that they can finish him off for good. Oh, the, 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 the three Kamehameha. Hey, that's reference in Fighters. Yeah, it is. The father-son-son Kamehameha. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting a live Discord message from Texas Kuhn. Oh. Uh. <laughs> He's just asking if I saw this absurd Randy Pitchford shit. Let's not talk about that. Mm. Um, but yes um, no uh, Second Coming is terrible in every way it is such an inferior movie to the first like in every sense of it it's so bad Wor worse than the first yeah Oof. Um, it, because at least all the way through that first movie has a story that is trying to be told yeah, it's the a bad second story one gives being up. told badly, but... It's it's a bad story. At least there's one being told. The second one gives yeah. up. It just gives up. Yeah. Um... So I will say, as a kid, as a kid, even with the Malaysian dub, I did consider myself someone that liked the first two movies. I I don't remember. I know for a fact I liked the first one as a kid. I don't remember my thoughts on the other two. I probably, yeah. I probably were like, oh yeah, those were enjoyable because like I was a kid. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a kid, I I liked the first two. So. Well, actually, okay. One other thing I do want to say. This is this is where your, this this is where they they flanderize the Broly character to just be screaming Kakarot over and over yeah, again. Yeah. The, the image that everyone knows. Um, so he has less than 10 lines, lines of dialogue, and it's pretty much just him screaming Kakarot. There is one point where Trunks says something like, oh, I'm gonna, like, Trunks says something, and Broly goes, not for long, and then he rushes in, and I was like, oh shit, he actually <laughs> said something else. And I think there is supposed to be an implication that him getting, like, fucked up by Goku at the end of the first movie, like, ruined his psyche, but I can't tell because they don't even bother explaining that much. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah, I mean, what a legendary Super Saiyan. So, do we want to jump into the real... The real good shit? Yeah, let's do it. So, Bio Broly. Oh. I think is easily the worst Dragon Ball Z movie that they made. To be fair... Everyone knows this. Yeah, this is not a hot take. Yeah, like, and even as a kid, like, I, I could not believe how boring this movie was. I 
I want to give them credit for not somehow shoehorning in Goku. <laughs> okay. And that is the only thing that I think is of note of this movie, because the rest of it is a steaming pile of crap. Yeah. Broly the comes back as Swamp only... Thing. Yeah, Broly is Swamp... Clone Broly Swamp Thing. Yeah. And the only good thing to this movie is that they didn't bring in the main character of the series. Yeah, which I think is is kind of like, you know, they could have done that in a dumb way. And yeah, they, they could have. And that's at least the thing. Um... Also, the dub does not want to decide on if it wants to call him Hercule or Satan. They use both. Really? They oh, use both. That's, Sometimes that's, that's in, the, fun. in the same conversation. So, like, man, I, it's hard to keep track, but, like, there have been a couple of redubs of parts of this series. And I remember there there was a version of a Funimation dub that called him Mr. Satan. Yeah. In the show itself. But, like, it's so hard to keep track. Yeah. Um. There is... Okay. So, there's a point where they blow up Bio Broly, and then, like, because they... He, like, mixes in with some other weird fluid shit that, like, is acidic... He he looks like a like like a pile of mud. Just... Yeah. So so near the end of the movie, Mud Broly combines with this acidic mass of matter, which also looks like mud, but it's purple mud. And as a scientist explains, oh no, that mud that that mud is acidic, and it it takes the power of anything that it dissolves. And now that it dissolved Broly. The entire world is in trouble. And there's a point where they're like, oh shit, this this island is overflowing with this stuff. And a giant version of Bio Broly comes out of the mud and then <laughs> hesitates and then melts. And they're like, whew, we don't have to deal with that. And then they save everyone off the island. And then the mud is overflowing throughout the island facility. And the scientist says, the entire world is doomed. We're all gonna die. <laughs> And then as soon as the mud hits the seawater, it turns out that they never tested it. Oh, good thing that when the mud hits the seawater, it turns to rock. Yeah! And we don't have to deal with that problem. And then, after all of that is dealt with, another giant mud broly comes out of the water, and it looks like they have to fight him. And then he also turns to rock! Yeah! <laughs> Three times in a row in this movie, are they like, oh, no, a problem? Nah, you don't have to deal with it, though. And two of them, it's solved with water! <laughs> Broly's final defeat is water! It's so bad! Whew! Uh, I'm gonna take a drink of water. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. No, yeah, but, uh, like, again, the whole world knows that's a bad movie. Yeah, um, and it's not, and it, it's, I'd actually say it's the worst animation of the three as well. I believe it. Um, which also, considering, so, because I, I talked about this, I saw Fusion Reborn in theaters not too long ago, came out the same year as Fusion Reborn, actually, I have a feeling they had a B-team working on this one. Mm, I think Fusion Reborn was the main focus there for that film team. Uh but yeah, um, 
Do you actually mind if we maybe take a bit of a break here so I can go actually eat something for like five minutes because I'm starving and I don't want my stomach to start grumbling while we talk about the main event? Sure. In intermission. Okay, I'm not going to cut we the stop rec recording. Or? No, I'm going to keep recording and I'm just going to pause my microphone and we can deal with the silence later. Okay, yeah, I hope you forget and leave it in. Okay. So, let's talk about the best Dragon Ball Z movie ever made. Okay. So, how did you feel about Dragon Ball Super? The show? Broly. Colin Broly. Oh. No, no. We, we, we can talk about Dragon Ball Super, no, the no, show. No, no, it's fine. You know what? Actually, I will say this. I had complaints about Dragon Ball Super, the show. Yeah. And I, I made those complaints well known. I think I might have even talked about it on here. Every single one of those complaints was addressed with this movie, because this is everything I've ever wanted from Dragon Ball. It's really good. <laughs> um, I think my main takeaway from this movie, and I feel like you you will understand this, especially our talking of, of our previous takes on the former DBZ movies, when it comes to Dragon Ball stuff, especially nowadays, I do admit I kind of lower my standards. <laughs> you know, like I love it's, it. It's I lower shame. my standards. Yeah, it, it's 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 not the high. I mean, like I will say, it is very lowbrow entertainment. <laughs> so it depends. I I want to say that there are elements of the original series that legitimately stand out. Like, everything with, like, Gohan and Cell yeah. in that final bit. Like, th there's legitimately good writing there. Like, even Ve you... <laughs> Vegeta saying at the end of the Cell arc, I'm done fighting, like, what's the point, is a actual, unironic, great moment. Like, stuff yeah. like that. And and even, like, it, I mean, uh, hey, I'm I'm gonna be the weird one. I, I love the Boo Saga, I really do. And there's, like, there's some decent stuff in there with Vegeta, too. Yeah. But, like, you know, his sacrifice. His sacrifice is a highlight of that whole show, for sure. Like, but for every moment like that, there are 30 moments that are like, yeah, all right, this isn't the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, I forgot where we were going with this. Uh, that you lower your standards for Dragon Ball. Oh, yeah, no. Um, I feel like this is, uh, the first one in a good while where I was like, okay, I actually had to, to uh up that a little bit here because uh they actually tried some stuff this is the first time i can say without any hint of irony that i would in I, I would be okay with people watching this movie with me yeah that's fair I, I i don't mind showing this to people and being this is what dragon ball is like yeah um so, is it safe to say this is both their favorite Dragon Ball film? By far. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay, do, do you want to give a... I mean, we're, we're going to get into spoilers for this thing. There's no point not to. Do you want to give general impressions up front like we normally do? Yes. Okay, so my general impressions are... Uh, what, what I will say is this movie is beautifully animated. No doubt about it. 
Um, they make some inspired choices with the soundtrack that I enjoyed. Um, there is some stuff that they do try to do with, um, because this is something that I feel like maybe not a lot of people know about, but they do incorporate some Dragon Ball Minus stuff into the first bit of this movie, and I don't think that all of it works, but I do think that some of that does do some good setup for the rest of what we will see in the movie, um, and actually does some thematic stuff I like a lot. Though I do think that there's a lot of potential there that is still yet to be reached, I do think that this is a better realization of the Broly story if you are going to tell one. So, I'll say this without getting into spoilers, because we're going to do that as we move on. Um, I actually don't know what the stuff from Dragon Ball Minus in here is, because okay. I never read that, because it's garbage. Yeah. But I will say, without knowing that, I honestly just thought that was some, like, fleshing out of what was already there and i appreciated it okay um there there are there are like two or three things in that opening bit that i didn't like but they were so minor i didn't mind and like the one thing i will say about this movie is that like for the first time in a long time the writing is good yeah perhaps at its best yeah, I mean, it still, ain't, like, it still ain't Shakespeare, but it's good. It, it's, <laughs> it's not solid. Shakespeare, but it's like, it is it is at the quality that I want from Dragon Ball. I, I would say that this movie is on par with the best of Z. I, I maybe wouldn't say the best, but the good stuff of Z, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I would put you, this okay, movie you know alongside what, actually, Dragon I, Ball Z. I'll say, I'll say... It's mostly at the good stuff of Z for me. There are a few moments that I like a lot and would put up there with stuff like Vegeta Sacrifice and Gohan versus yeah. Cell stuff. And I mean, we'll, we'll get into all that stuff when we get to spoilers, but just general impressions. It's good. If you have, if you have ever liked anything Dragon Ball, doesn't matter what it was, fucking watch this. It's really good. It and 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 do not worry about any of the other bullshit. Like you can honestly go into this movie with just, like, casual Dragon Ball experience. Yeah, I, I think they actually went out of their way to make it very friendly. I should say, the only part of Super I've seen is I've seen maybe the first ten episodes, and I've seen the majority of the Future Trunk saga. I have not yeah. seen, like, well, and I've seen the final episode, but, like, I've I missed out on the vast majority of Super, and I was fine. It does not matter. I watched all of Super, and most of it wasn't worth it. <laughs> There's some good stuff in Super, but it is, like, so far in between. Like, there's a lot of garbage in Super, and there's a lot of... Like, even the Tournament of Power that pe most people liked, it went on for way too long for me, and it was really dull for a lot of it. Yeah. Well, see, the weird thing is I feel like a lot of people simultaneously enjoy the tournament of power but are also like yeah jiren's kind of lame though <laughs> like it's yeah. weird um not the finest um not terrible but not great i feel like the future trunk stuff is like the thing that i hear constantly referred to as like yeah that's when it was at its best and it was really making it hard for me to care about going back because i liked it, it, i liked it but i was like i don't know if it was the greatest you know it's it's a budget android saga <laughs> yeah it it really is um, should we go into spoilers? 
let's let's do it let's get right into spoilers so i wrote a a fucking document on my phone with bullet points yeah i mean yeah i'm gonna go through these um so my favorite like one of my favorite things i enjoyed right off the bat is that the first part of this movie establishes uh, this is me reading off a bullet point the first part of uh, the first part of this movie establishes the father of every character and how their actions and personalities reflect onto their children in a direct way um, you have Vegeta being informed by King Vegeta, you have Goku being informed by Bardock, you have even a little bit of King Cold in there, and, like, setting up how, like, his, enti- yeah, absolutely. his entitlement will, like, reflect onto Frieza, and, of course, you got Paragus and Broly. Um, so, most of the Dragon Ball Minus stuff comes from the Bardock stuff. Um, yeah, but, like, none of that was, like, too out there. So like the, the 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 most you get is like hey you actually get a scene with Goku's mom. Yeah. Which I liked that but there is so actually one of the So Bardock's character is interesting cuz he originally was like fleshed out in a non-canon TV special which is actually one of my favorite DBZ things. It's not good. Yeah. Speaking of shoehorning and weird alien races. Oh yeah. boy. Um <laughs> But all, not only that, but then when he did eventually make Dragon Ball Minus, um, it it is a little bit more fleshed out, and like a lot of people don't care for it. Um, and then this movie takes bits and pieces of that and then puts it into here. I do like the stuff with him being in a relationship and you get to see his mom. I do think that the movie does do a disservice to some of the interesting bits of the of Goku's origin by showing Bardock as more of like a decent guy. Yeah, it, it, it's it's different, but like you said, it, it it helps the theme. Yeah, I so my main thing is I feel like it does help the theme. I feel like it would have been maybe a little bit tighter if what we got was we have Vegeta as the guy who is like he is literally like the progeny of like the San elite, and then we have uh, the outcasts of Paragus and Broly who have been like thrown out by the society and rejected by them. And I kind of like the idea of somewhere in there you have Bardock, who is, in most renditions, one of the more... He is a lower-class sand warrior, but he's really fucking good at what he does. Um, And him maybe being too deep into the culture for his own good and f- figuring, I need to make something better for my son. Yeah. Um, And having his son, like, him knowing that his son is destined to greater things than he ever could be capable of. Yeah. Um, and I feel like by making Bardock a little bit closer to Goku, you are robbing a little bit of that from him. Um, notably, one thing that I do think is interesting is that in Dragon Ball Minus, you do get a scene where... So you know how, like, Bardock comes back with that one dude on a ship? Yeah. There is a whole soon- scene before that where they just, like, blow up a planet, pretty much. Like, they just kill <laughs> a whole race of people. That was what nice. was supposed to be before that. Um, and, like, Bardock... Well- Bardock is not a nice dude. They do kind of in, imply that in the movie. Like, they, they don't show it. But, mm-hmm. like, in that scene, that they, if I'm remembering the scene correctly, they do talk about, like, yeah, we like we go and we conquer and we destroy, but I kind of wish there was more, you know? Yeah. And the one thing that I also... It's not a problem. I just, like, kind of chuckled at it in the theater. I thought it was really funny 
how Bardock had this, like, woke Bardock moment of, you know, the Frieza Force is getting pretty big, and if you look at, like, the percentage of Sands, we don't even really need us anymore. And, like, I feel like you could... I feel like it would be maybe a little bit better if that line was changed to, ha, huh, it's really suspicious that he called us all back at once to the planet. So, all right, so, so here's, here's my thing. This this movie, and I, I like you said, I, I guess it's taking some stuff from Dragon Ball Minus, but it, if you just take this as a movie, it is kind of giving you a different version of the, of the Bardock story than the, the original Bardock special that everyone knows. Yeah. And I think there are some pros and cons to that my my thing that i thought was kind of silly was making it like bardock and his mom send goku away for his protection like superman it is just superman <laughs> it's just superman it, that is just the superman scene like you just made goku superman yep. like that was already a connection like you could already say that but now it is like blatant like you just ripped off superman yeah at least originally, it was, like, different. I also really enjoy the implication that Gina and, and Bardock just don't give a fuck about Raditz. Fuck them. They mention Raditz, though! <laughs> no, they do mention him! They they do, but, like, they don't seem too upset about his future. Like, they're all about that Goku. <laughs> no, no, but I, I was actually... I, I, I'm gonna disagree with you, because I was shocked to hear Bardock say the word Raditz. Because they say, they're like, what about Raditz? Oh, he's off-world, he'll be safe. Yeah, but I, I love how they just assume he'll be safe because he's off-world, but, like, they don't know if, like, Frieza's gonna go find all the rest of them and kill them. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't know that about <laughs> Goku either, but... I mean, yeah, I... I, it... I mean, Goku's the main character. Look, yeah. we got Raditz content in 2019... <laughs> You should you should be thankful for what you get. I do really enjoy I do really enjoy baby Vegeta and baby Raditz being side by side and Vegeta being informed that his planet got blown up and he's just like, I guess I'm not gonna be king then. Uh, I will so so I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I did have one more point to make, but I actually I, I, I felt that that scene was a little weird. It was the first time because like man that that movie is taking itself so seriously and that's the first time that mood breaks a little bit <laughs> and i feel like it, it wasn't really the best time for that because it's like oh it's wacky because like raditz and vegeta don't really care that much and it's like yeah the, the tone of that doesn't work like the comedy should have came in when they cut to present. to present yeah i i felt like that scene was a little awkward but um i, I, I do want to get one thing out real quick yeah because in regards to the pros and cons, the Superman thing is a con. I will say, I'm sorry that Bardock special was never the greatest. And the moment of, yes, I see the future. You, my son, will defeat Frieza is really bad. And I'm glad they took that out. <laughs> like, 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 I'm sorry. Like, even like Dragon Ball Kai starts with that. And it's not a good thing. I, I, it's, I think the set, I like that moment. I think the setup to it of a weird alien race gives him psychic powers is the is a bad buildup. Um, yeah. See, honestly, you know what my thing is? I I think that moment works if it's literally just like a near death experience thing of like, oh yeah, you just like that's just how Dragon Ball universe works, and it's like oh he just sees a for no explainable reason he just sees the bid to the future and he gets the last laugh. I do enjoy that, but like, 
I've always felt the build-up to that of, like, you have psychic powers now and can foresee things was bad. Man. I, I honestly, I think, given this, I think it's weird that they even still show Bardock standing up to Frieza, and I feel like that was still just there as, like, a remnant of what it that's, used to be. That's there because the fans would be upset if it wasn't. Yeah. And it, it, it's a cool shot. It is. Um, it, but all, like, because, like, man, also, too, like, one of my favorite things of that special is just, like, how fed up Bardock is, and he's like, we killed all of these people, and now you're fucking us over. Like, fuck. And, like, he's not even really that upset about a lot of what, like, you think a normal human being would be mad about. It's more like, you fucking wasted our, like, like, come on, like, space pirate reasons. Like, we had a good thing going, and you're, like, fucking trampling all over us. Like, it's so, oh, God, I love that. And here it's just more... I think, I mean, honestly, like, you can't get into all of that because, like, there's a whole rest of the movie that isn't about that that needs to be around yeah. it. They spend a lot more time on, on the on the flashback stuff than you would think. Yeah. And, like, I feel like they spent exactly how much they could before it started being like, uh, can we get to the plot? Yeah. <laughs> I will say, though, and this is another side thing, like, this already kind of started with Dragon Ball Super, but it's kind of weird seeing, like, wimpier Saiyans. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, all right. I guess that makes sense, but it's a little weird. Ah, and, um, I, uh, crap, I had one. Oh, yeah. Uh, sh- I want to give special shout outs to the dude in the way back of the theater when it cut to Vegeta and Raditz and friends for when he first saw Nappa going, oh, is that Nappa? Really loud. <laughs> that was so, good. I actually had a mostly quiet audience. I... The only time they made noise was like, I, like I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but there's a bit where Goku goes Super Saiyan Blue, and for a brief second it flashes the Ultra Instinct colors. That got a pop, yeah. My whole audience went, <gasps> yeah, same, same. <laughs> but that's the only noise they made. Um, the guy. So I got the second to last like ticket, and it wasn't a great seat. It was like really close to the front, closer than I would like it to be. Um, the guy who, so also explicitly, I got a, I got the second to last seat and I was happy cause it was like right on the edge and I was like, oh, there's going to be no one sitting to me to my left, I suppose. Sure enough, someone had bought that ticket and the dude was kind of weird. And, um, I don't know, like he was nice, but he was just a little, eh. um, mm-hmm. but the one thing that I like, oh, like just made me roll my eyes is when, um the movie started and i i think he eventually got the memo that i did not want to talk with him throughout this whole movie but as soon as the movie started he's like i read an interview where akira toriyama said that every true dragon ball fan is going to start crying within the first 15 minutes and i was like okay um and i feel like that's also probably not a real interview i think he just heard that um and then also when the early stuff was happening with vegeta and goku sparring he's like I'm still trying to figure out where this takes place in in the timeline. I think it's before the Tournament of Power. I think it's before the Tournament of Power. And then when it it cuts to, like, that shot of, like, oh, after the Tournament of Power, and he started nudging me, and he was like, oh, it's after Jiren, it's after Jiren. And, like, I just wouldn't react. And I think he got the hint after that I did not want to be his friend. But, like, ah, that was just a little frustrating. Wow. It Like, God uh I, he was fine the rest of it but like come on see dude. i was sat next to like a nice respectable family good 
Um, not a lot of kids this time, actually. I was kind of surprised. The um, I had no kids in my theater. I see. When I saw Resurrection F, there was there was a handful that you could tell probably got on board with like the Nickelodeon stuff. Um, same with uh, Fusion Reborn. There was uh, Fusion Reborn did not have a sorry it's Fusion Reborn slash episode of Bardock or whatever. Uh, it was more of a dead theater, but there was still like I you could tell like there's like a few like parents that had brought like a, a younger kid or whatever this one like i did not see any like kid or anything i was i was pretty yeah. like blown away by that so i'll say like there were a couple families but no like small children the only child i saw was with their parent but considering their parent was dressed like goku i don't think that the kid was there for dragon ball oh dude there was actually a dude who uh who came in a pretty pretty fucking cool vegeta cosplay like he he was nice. decked out in the sand armor and like I didn't want to bother him for, like, a photo or anything, but, like, he looked pretty fucking good. Like, he, attention to detail was given. <laughs> nice. Um, only one cosplay, and I was kind of surprised, but, um, you know. Anyway, back, back to the movie. Yeah, um. Um, okay. Did you have more to say about the, 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 uh, prologue stuff? Because I had, like, one thing. Um, I don't think so. I like how they recreated that throne room with, like, the stained glass windows and shit. That was like, damn, attention to detail. Uh, so, so I want to talk a little bit about Broly's origins. Okay. Because it's, it, they tie it into all this stuff. Yeah. And, and they do it rather well. Yeah. In a um, way that, like, in any other, like... I feel like it's so, this so could have been the most shoehorned in. Like we got to put all the Dragon Ball origin shit together, and they they did a respectable job. I was impressed. Yeah. So so let let's just like, I feel like this is the point to address the main thing, which is that this is a movie by Toriyama about Broly making Broly canon. Yeah. And Toriyama has has made it very clear throughout the years that he's not the biggest fan of the Dragon Ball stuff he didn't work on. Yeah including Broly. Um, and I feel like it, it I, I think he has even admitted that before he wrote this movie, he went back and watched the original Broly movie. Cause he wanted to make sure that he at least got what fans liked about it. Yeah. And you can feel that right from the beginning of this movie where it's very clearly him like, okay, this is my take on how I want to do this story. So you do have similar elements, especially in regards to like, you don't have a baby getting stabbed, but King Vegeta does, uh, in essence, like, send Broly and his father, well, at least Broly, to his death. Yeah. Because he's afraid of his power. It's the same basic idea, but it's handled in a way that feels a bit less, um, like, ridiculous. It's still Dragon Ball, but, like, it's handled in a in a slightly more nuanced way. I uh, I also do think that he did a good job keying in on the fact that Goku and Broly work as excellent foils to one another, which the yeah. main movie toys with and doesn't do anything with. I made a list of bullet points because I kept thinking about it and I kept finding more stuff. Um, I'm just going to run through these and then I'll... Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, Goku's father gives his son absolute freedom while Broly's father literally makes him a slave. Uh, one was raised on a nurturing planet and then in this movie, uh, one was raised on a terrible, harsh planet. Uh, Goku had to work hard for his victories, and much of Broly's strength is implied to be genetic throughout the film. Uh, this is reflected in their fathers as well. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Bardock and Paragus also kind of kind of are foils to another, in a sense. Um, 
Bardock is the one Saiyan who stands up to Frieza, while Paragus, as soon as, like, Frieza rescues them, sucks up to him. Um, and also, both, uh, like, um... I don't know, like, it, it's obvious that both, like, Bardock and, uh, and Paragus kind of see the flaws in the whole, like, sand warrior race thing and are kind of like, eh, fuck that, let's do something different. Um, and one takes it in, you know, one direction, one takes it in the other, like, no, let's just do the sand thing but better and fuck the rest of them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's all I had about that stuff yeah no i i mean yeah i i i can't add too much to it because i feel like you kind of nailed it there um but like just on a general level it's kind of amazing that we have a dragon ball story that is properly executing themes like that yeah no which is which is kind of why i began with I'm surprised that I can even, like, talk about this movie at this level, which, like, yeah. is elementary school shit for literally any other movie, but, like, you know, yeah. for Dragon Ball, I'll take what I can get. Ah. Uh, um. Do we want to get more into the present day stuff? Yeah, sure. Um, I really like the two new alien people that uh, befriend Broly. Yeah, what a surprise introduction of, like, two pretty good characters it's really fucked up um they give off they give off really weird vibes of these two minor characters that are literally almost the same like scavenge like scavenger job wise on a shitty tiny ship um of two characters from zone of the ender's second runner (laughs) it was really fucking weird and i don't know but uh small interjection because i will forget to bring it up yeah. And I remembered it specifically with these two characters. Um, I I brought up the whole dub thing before because the dub of this movie is real fucking good. Uh, I liked it a lot. I'm a little sad that Vic Mignogna was Broly. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I, I mean, fair. But I mean... Uh, Stop giving him been, work. He has been Broly from the beginning. That is true. But like, in terms of like direction and, and overall voice acting, like jumping from the first Broly movie to this one, and it's like, yeah, they've improved a lot over the years. Yeah. Fire Vic Coward. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Oh, you actually, that's it's... the other fucking thing. Hold on. When Broly started speaking, that guy leaned over and he's like, that's Edward, that's Edward Elric's voice actor. And I was like, Oof. thanks. Oh, God, fuck that guy. I like how I was like, oh, he was nice. He wasn't too bad. Like, the more I'm talking about him, I'm like... <laughs> See, you said fuck that guy, and I thought you meant Vic Mignogna, and I was like, yeah. Hey, I don't well, want to dwell too. on it, but if you don't know, just Google Vic Mignogna. You'll he's, find some shit. He's a creeper. Uh, well, um, other than that, um, I, I actually thought... I made the Rosin Ba joke at the beginning. I thought the Ba thing was endearing in, like, a really goofy way. And I think it is more sincere and works better in the movie than it has any right to. <laughs> uh, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't remember Ba? Ba? Ba. Ba. Broly's pet, who he makes, who the ear gets oh, cut off. Oh, okay. That's why I called myself Rosenba. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't remember its name. Yeah. 
And then and then Paragus is like, no, you can't have a giant sandworm monster yeah. pet, you idiot. And then he fucking shoots its ear off. And Broly's natural reaction is, I'm going to make a fucking, like, loincloth th- thing out of this. Yeah. Because, by the way, Broly's an actual character in this movie. Yeah. He has emotions and is not the Saiyan sociopath evil man. Yeah. Um... Which actually is great because, and hey, this is another, like, bit of depth that I can't believe I can talk about in a Dragon Ball movie. They want you thinking that going in. Like. What do you mean? Like, they want you thinking, like, oh, I know what to expect from Broly's character. And then when they they start revealing the more, like, sympathetic parts of it, and then when it pays off with Goku going, I fought a lot of people in my day. And I can tell deep down you are not a bad person. Like, yeah, that so, works so well. It's, it's so really, good. really good. And it's also like, it is a proper like, no, let's actually look at what it would be like if this character was a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, it's it's like, you know, uh, that first movie maybe didn't handle what that situation would actually do to a person. Yeah. No, it's very clear that Broly is just sociopath day one. And, like, there's no redeeming qualities. He is just a force of genocide. Yeah. <laughs> like... and, and this movie, and and again, like, these are going to be heavy words and Dragon Ball. Like, the movie doesn't go as far as it could have with this. But Broly is a victim of abuse in this movie. Oh, for sure, yeah. And he is recluded because of, like, like he is emotionally, like, stunted because of that. And, like, also, too, um... It's. I think it's very interesting how the rest of the three characters who are reflected with, like, the whole father figure thing in the beginning, of the four of them, Broly is the only one who has, like, a father left that, like, yeah. kept up with him. And, like, I think that there's there's stuff there about, like, he, like, he never escaped, like, his father's influence because, like, they were stranded on that planet and, like, he had so much control over him with, like, the device and all that and like they they play that for drama in a really cool way um i'll say in this moment too that um this version of broly i can actually see some fans not liking because if you were a fan of the original broly this character is a subversion of that in a way that like i could see some of the more immature dragon ball fans be like oh man they fucking ruined them i i feel like i've already seen those takes yeah honestly and that doesn't surprise me but it's like like those are people that like hey i'm sorry you feel that way but like you liked a bad character (laughs) (laughs) um i uh also i i really do like how they they flip the script to where that very first movie like sets it up as like this is a father that is doing what he can to like tame and control this wild beast of a son that could destroy the universe to this is a father who is very clearly doing what he can to manipulate a son that is better than him in every way that has a lot of destructive potential <laughs> like they really flip the script on that in in a way that i i think really works well for broly's character yeah for sure Sorry for um, the garage noises. It wouldn't be a wasp without it. Without it. Yeah. No, it wouldn't. Um, do, man, I don't even like. 
know where we should because there's a lot to talk about but i don't know where we should go and how we um, should approach it i w- i will say one thing so i feel like actually ironically because obviously one of the main things we talked about with that first movie is hey i feel like that first movie does vegeta dirty a little bit um i do think that i could have gone for maybe a, a little bit more of a runtime to maybe do some work in making vegeta more of a presence slash character in this in regards to how he like his i don't know because i feel like paragus and vegeta there's obviously stuff going on there but i feel like between vegeta and broly himself more stuff could have been done that could have been a little interesting um it does kind of feel like vegeta is only there to have a fight scene that is kind of a build-up before we get to the broly versus goku stuff and then also there to form gogeta in the end yeah i'll say too honestly i could have used with a bit more uh because let's just let let's just let it rock Um, my mom so i'm sorry everyone (laughs) i'm having a good time with the friends nice uh ask her opinions on broly i i you know her reaction when i i got back home and she was like what movie you saw and i was like dragon ball and she's like they're still making those and i went hell yeah and she's like damn (laughs) yeah (laughs) my mom had a similar reaction of just like wait you're going to see what (laughs) i was like don't judge me (laughs) um but uh where was i oh yeah i i could have done with a little bit more uh story just happening before the fighting began i mean there's a lot of story before the fighting begins they pace that really well what i mean is like broly shows up and then the fighting starts i could have used a little bit more dialogue between like vegeta and goku and those characters before the fighting yeah i'm and i feel like they're relying a lot a lot of like the the frieza ship stuff to to do that work too Uh, and it does for the most part it does i i am a big fan of the fact that this iteration of broly respects women um (laughs) yes (laughs) that that made me hoot and holler um, but yeah, maybe more could have been done w- with that before the fighting began in the, in the Antarctica there. Oh, also, that's one thing I do want to say, too. I do really appreciate the fact that, like, the polar cap setting of this movie is just something we don't get a lot of in Dragon Ball. And, uh, I guess that is kind mm-hmm. of a callback to the first film, because it's, that first movie has them fighting in, like, icy mountains, I think, now that I think about it. But it's just a setting uh... we don't get a lot. Yeah, and you know it's funny too because it's such an iconic part of the uh, like opening credits of Dragon Ball. See, yeah, like that ice breaking is like such an iconic shot that you when you see it you think Dragon Ball, but the actual show doesn't take place there much. No. Um. So I will say in regards to like the Frieza ship stuff, I I, I enjoyed the cast there a lot. Um. In regards to Broly respecting women, you did remind me that there is a line that, like, I rolled my eyes a little bit at. It's like, it's fine. But, but the, 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 of the two, of, like, Broly's two alien friends, the one has a line of, like, man, Frieza must be desperate if he's using women and old yeah. men. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. Uh, I, I guess, sure, if we have to. Which, now that I think about it, the whole Frieza Force we've seen up until this point has just been dudes, huh? Yeah, I guess. Maybe Frieza's just that guy. Yeah. Oh, I do... How did you feel about the Bulma Frieza joke about wanting the Dragon Balls for... It a... was really funny! It was good. 
Okay, so I'm gonna say I do not like Dragon Ball comedy. I never have. <laughs> it's not very. It's it's not funny. And honestly, that's part of why like I find it a little bit harder to go back to early early Dragon Ball. And I really bounced off a lot of early Super. I don't find a lot of that comedy funny. This is the first Dragon Ball thing that I think has actually made me laugh out loud. Um, because there is a couple of funny jokes in here. I feel weird about Frieza killing Paragus to activate legendary Super Saiyan Broly mode, but I, I won't I, lie, I, was I laughed. To, I, was, I was gonna get to that later, yeah. um, because it's kind of weird. I, I It's really weird because the rest of the plot, like, like that's, that is such a weird joke to make a cool fight scene happen, but, like, it's yeah. such a disservice to the plot, too. So... <laughs> It is in a way, but I I do want I want to point out what it represents in a way because Broly never has a moment where he kind of fights back against his father. Yeah. Um, and even like when he's talking to his friends and they're saying like, "Man, like that guy's abusing you." Broly's defense, like he does the classic abuse victim thing of don't talk bad about him. You don't understand. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit, they're going somewhere with that. They're going to build that up. And then like the scene, everyone was, exp- I-, I almost feel like Frieza killing Paragus was like just Toriyama going, ah, you thought you knew it was going to happen, but we didn't do the thing. And it's like, ah, but Broly never. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh. it's 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 a little weird, and I like at that point it it's fine because like they're doing something else with the Broly character than you expected anyway, which we'll get into. But like, I don't know. Yeah, it's something. Um, I can't think of anything else I really want to talk about. Well, I guess um, Gogeta's cool. I'm happy yeah. Gogeta's canon. I do have... Okay, so in regards to... Like, okay. This entire movie is Toriyama going, Alright, I understand that you guys really like these things. I'll bring it in. (laughs) Yeah. It it is Toriyama going, Okay, I'm gonna give you Broly and I'm gonna give you Gogeta. Just please don't ask me to make Super Saiyan 4, you know? like. Yeah, and like... Man, this whole movie, I at least wanted... I I didn't need to see him. I wanted one reference to, like, oh, my brother Cooler. That's all I needed, and I didn't get it, but it's fine. You didn't get it. We did get a reference to Vegeta's brother, though. Oh, my... Dude, dude, like, four people in the theater were like, (gasps) that happened. Man, (laughs) those four people didn't see Yo, Son Goku, and his friends return. No, I think what I had was, like... The it was like they did not just reference that sort of thing. Oh, sorry, it's the four people that did see. <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. That, is, that makes more sense. Is, too. is they is they were like, oh shit, they referenced that, you know? Yeah. Oh, also when uh, they did the Viku joke, that got a little bit of a pop from some people. Yeah, I I feel like that killed the pacing a little bit, but it's fine. Uh, I, I like the implication that Frieza fought Broly for an hour. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, I also, so one thing that I think, it's very clearly not working off of this because this is a, a plot thread that starts and ends within this movie. But like Resurrection F starts with like, oh, Goku and Vegeta, you really fucking need to know how to like work together. 
and shit. And, like, boy, how cool would it have been if they could have... And they obviously didn't know they were going to make this all the way back then, I have to imagine. But, like, how cool would it have been if that plot thread began at the start of Resurrection F? Which also would have been about, like, you know, the beginning of Super, roughly. Like, there's Battle of God stuff before that, obviously. And then that paid off here with Gogeta. That could have been cool, but that's not what that is. Uh, well, I mean, it's a reference to it. It's a reference to it, but, like, I, I, like, even since then, I guess, even, like, in Resurrection F, they kind of solve that thread, and also even then, like, in the future Trunks arc, they become Vegito, or, you know, shit like yeah. that. Yeah, so I, I will say at the very least that, um, the, 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 during Dragon Ball Super, that gets brought up once or twice, too, though. Okay. That's good. That 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 they do need to work better together, and 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 I also feel that um, super uh or fucking ultra instinct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, ultra instinct is also playing off of like when we told Goku that he needed to like rely more on his reflexes and stuff. Okay. Like like I do think th- those are things that are meant to be building up throughout the series. Okay. Okay. Um. Hmm. I did have one one thing to talk about in regards to Broly again, yeah. um, which I kind of I, I kind of mentioned before and said I would get to. Um, so the 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 point of Broly is that he's like, and when I say point of Broly, I mean like the old Broly too. Um, he's like s- super enraged, uncontrollable beast. And that never really made all that much sense to me. They, they say, like, oh, no, he's just... That's just the way he is. And, like, you said that they tried to maybe imply in the second Broly movie that it was because of the fight with Goku. And then you also have, like, no, he's the legendary Super Saiyan, whatever that means. Yeah. This movie, in a single line, gives it so much more, like, oh, oh, oh okay, where it's just like, oh no, he's basically entered the great ape form without transforming. Yeah. It's it's like, oh no, that makes sense. Like Broly needs to be able to fight Goku. He needs to be able to not be talked down and 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 he still needs to be a good character. That's something that all Saiyans have done. Yeah. So it makes sense, of course. I that I, makes so much more sense in this movie. I also do kind of like how they're playing off that beast thing too, where like they do a good job of establishing too. Like Frieza and Paragus have that conversation when the fight starts in the in the ice cap in ice world, where fucking um, Frieza says like, "Did you train him to fight?" And he's like, "Well, the only other person he ever had the chance to fight was like when me and him sparred. Like this is just natural instinct for him." And yeah. like like they establish that as like, "No, he's just like this." <laughs> it's it's good. And even yeah. I think Vegeta says something like he's learning like he's learning how to deal with us yes. like with each punch, which is interesting. Hey, it it's almost like he's a better take on like the idea of someone who's just naturally strong like they wanted to do with Jiren. Yeah. Like this is such a good character in this movie. It is really good. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing. So just because, um, like, the original, like, real ass trailer we got for this movie that wasn't just like, because we got that first teaser of like Goku doing the "I'm about to kick some ass" pose, and then it just a Dragon Ball Super movie. This was before we we even knew that it was Broly. 
Um, and then after they revealed it was Broly and they had like the first real ass like trailer for it, there is they made a point of being like Broly versus Goku, Broly versus Vegeta, Broly versus Frieza. And I was expecting this whole movie. Like, I, I expected during the beginning for Frieza to be like, oh, yeah, Broly. And then as soon as they lose control, Frieza immediately is like, oh, shit. Okay, I'm going to team up with y'all so that we can take this guy down. And Frieza's yeah. just straight up against them for most of the movie. And the only reason that he really fights Broly is because Broly has lost it at that point, And he's the only person left around. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> just I, I, I forget where we've said it, but I, I know we have said it on a recorded thing before where we were like, if Frieza teams up with Goku in this movie, then Frieza is just Vegeta now. Yeah. And I, I feel like they did not go there. I feel like they avoided that pitfall. They reined him in, and it is very clear that he is going to stay in that antagonist zone. Yeah. Um, Of, like, he is obviously not ever going to be a main big primary threat, but he will always... I feel like he's going to... I don't gonna... know about that. I, I feel like he's going to be that guy who maybe whenever the next DB series thing rolls around... We'll have an Which arc. will happen. Yeah. I think he'll have an arc kind of like Resurrection F, and then the rest of that series will be him kind of running the line like he did for the rest of the modern stuff. Yeah. Because so I'll say, like... We are not getting another piece of Dragon Ball Media where Frieza and Goku don't team up again. Like, they... I feel like they have to at this point. Like, that... that... See, I don't know. I feel like they could go... They could go a couple directions, because they didn't go all in on this one like they, they could have. Yeah. So, like, I feel like it could go anywhere. I feel like they could team up again. I feel like Frieza could become the recurring villain. Like, like Frieza could be the new Emperor Pilaf. I, I would honestly, like... Like that. Like, honestly, but, like any of that. Like... See, I, I could also see a, a new Dragon Ball series just ending with a big fucking freeze art that could be cool i see my thing is that they've gone out of their and like even in this movie like frieza is noted to be such like a non-issue like they would need to give him something that makes him like scary again and i i'm wondering how yeah. much of the legwork that they want to do with that anymore well they they set that up at the beginning of this movie when vegeta is like now that he's alive again, think about how much stronger he can get. Yeah, that is true. And hey, maybe that is going to be like the Resurrection F style thing where that's foreshadowing what's to come later on. Yeah. Speaking of things coming later on, uh, you seemed like you were winding down on what to talk about. Yeah. Um, so if you want to close up, we can just talk about the ending for a second. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, the call me Kakarot thing made me actually lose my shit and have a vocal reaction in the theater along with most of the crowd. Um, oh, what so, a good moment. Okay, j just for, um, context, because there probably are going to be people listening to this that didn't oh, watch the movie. yeah, of course, of course. Um, so, so, th the general flow of the plot of this movie is basically, we get the, the, the setup stuff of the past where it builds up all of the characters' backstories, we get uh, Frieza, uh, Frieza's soldiers find Broly on the abandoned planet, and Broly and Paragus team up with Frieza for a bit. Um, then Broly loses control, and there's big fight stuff happening. Uh, there's a lot of fights, there's fusions. Um, the action is really good. The directing is really good. The animation is really good. Um, the music has the has a vocalist chanting the name of whoever's kicking ass at the moment yeah 
You have a vocalist going Kakarot. My my favorite was the Gogeta. Gogeta. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm pretty sure also the Broly one is not just even saying Broly, it's saying Go Broly, go Broly, yeah. go. <laughs> Yo, go Broly, go Broly, go. <laughs> it's uh it's a soundtrack, all right. It, it it's an inspired soundtrack, as I think what I said before. <laughs> um, just to wrap up though, so Broly makes friends, which is like a big character moment for him, and then his friends steal the Dragon Balls, and just as like Broly's about to be defeated, wish on the Dragon Balls to like save Broly and bring him somewhere else. Oh, that's another thing. That is actually a a flip on what happens in Second Coming. Oh, yeah? Because Goten and Gohan are doing the Kamehameha against Broly and losing, and because Trunks assembled the Dragon Balls nearby, the Dragon Balls hear, like, Shenron hears Goten saying, I really wish my dad was here to save us right now. Oh, yeah. And then Goku comes in and kills Broly. So that's the flip where <laughs> the... The Dragon Balls saved Broly from Goku. <laughs> It's such a... That is so good. And also, too, like, I do think that if you can, maybe check out those, like... I do think that this movie is playing off enough of at least those first two Broly movies that yeah. there's stuff to appreciate if you want to if you wanna take the time to watch the old stuff before this one. I, I think that, like... Yeah. It's worth doing it, but they're not good movies. They're so. not good, but I do think it gives you a better appreciation if you... If you want to uh, okay. go it all in. So uh, I'll, I'll say this. At that moment, it was really cool. But I was a little like, uh, because it was like, this movie is trying to set up too much. Where like, I almost felt like it was anticlimactic. Because Broly escapes, Frieza escapes. And it's like the fighting almost just like suddenly stops for everyone to go, I'll get you next time. And yeah. I was going to be, I was going to be disappointed. But then there was one more scene of Goku just, of course, now knowing what Broly's, like, energy feels like, teleports right to where he is, <laughs> and basically becomes his friend. Yeah! Go Goku becomes Broly's friend, and Broly, like, gets, like, a dumb, goofy smile on his face. And Goku, in a very uncharacteristic moment... Is like, hey, call me Kakarot, which is like it, it's the last line of the movie, and it is so good. And like, this is dumb, but this is playing off of like a whole lifetime of dumb fandom and being way too into this shit. Like, yeah. only Vegeta's ever fucking really called of that, like long term, and like you can tell that Goku doesn't even really care for that. But like, this weird reversal of like, I guess all my Saiyan friends are just gonna call me Kakarot. I love it so, so much. So so there's a lot that plays into that. It's like, one, it is Goku embracing his Saiyan heritage more. Yeah. It's it's bringing Broly to the same level of friendship he has with Vegeta. And it is also fan service to the fans of the original Broly character because all he said was Kakarot. Kakarot. And also, not in, they foreshadow it because do you remember one of the first few things that Goku says to Broly is only my friends are allowed to call me Kakarot. You can call me Goku. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, it's so good. This movie is so good. Uh... <laughs> like, how is their writing this strong in a Dragon Ball movie? Yeah, and I, 
I hope that Dragon Ball Ultra or whatever the fuck they call it. Please be good. Please be more of this. Like this is the tone and quality I want. But like Broly's problems... gonna be a Broly's gonna be a recurring person, right? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. He has to be. And... Broly is a new main character. I don't care. And it fucks me up because that I'm actually really happy about that, and I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that about Broly. Because this Broly is a good character, <laughs> and I am really interested in seeing how he plays off of the rest of the cast. And I'm really fucking excited for those two alien friends, like that girl and that old man, yes. to be to be hiding behind a rock making jokes with oolong and poir please bring that back bring that back please i want that also that you know if broly is around as a main character there will be moments where he loses control and goku has to fight him yeah yeah for sure oh that could be a whole like fight or like an arc where like oh someone messed with broly and now now you gotta stop him or not even like an arc i i just imagine like an arc is happening and then one of broly's friends gets hurt and broly loses it and goku has to rein him in so what's fucking me up now too though zach is now that we have gogeta and broly we have reached this point in official dragon ball canon where we have hit the peaks of like the stereotypical cool shit trademark that like fans expected and got from like the old movies and shit and also, like, we're still working with stuff like Ultra Instinct and, like, un multiversal shit and all that. Like, they're gonna have to raise the bar in weird ways from now on. And, like, are, are we gonna get the Broly-Goku fusion of, like, Goalie at some point now? Oh, God, maybe. Like, so, so where do they go you, from here? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if the power levels will ever be sync enough for that. Um, so, here, here's... Here's my feeling on in terms of raising the bar. I, I feel like Dragon Ball Super did it poorly. Where yeah, for the first for the first half the bar was not raised enough where it's just like okay it doesn't feel like there's any stakes in any of this and then just suddenly without any explanation like Krillin was able to fight like Krillin and Roshi could fight alongside Goku and there were opponents so powerful it was ridiculous it's like oh you raised the bar too high I feel like this is the perfect height of bar yeah so like yeah okay also Broly is green and that's great. Oh yeah, that's it looks wonderful. Um, yeah, like honestly, like even I could like with like the Zamasu shit, and it's like, oh yeah, it's Vegito blue, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, um, I don't know. Where, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic to see where they go from here, though, which I yeah. was not expect. Like I was expecting to enjoy this movie for the animation alone, not gonna lie, and I was shocked how much I appreciated it for its actual storytelling, while, again, it's not the greatest <laughs> yeah, thing in the world, but it's good. It's shonen. It's good compared to everything we've had so far. It's it's definitely the best thing to come to Dragon Ball since its revival, like... Agreed, agreed. Um, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, and also, I'm happy we got to see Super Saiyan God Vegeta, which, like, I know was like a dumb thing yeah. to care about but like vegeta with red hair <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll say this I'll, okay minor complaint in regards to that one of the things i really like about how they've handled this you saw it in the tournament of power and you see it in this movie but i like that that form for goku fights differently oh yeah like, like when goku goes from super saiyan to super saiyan god his entire posture changes and the way he fights changes and that's really cool and they actually do really cool stuff in the tournament of power where he's 
constantly switching between uh, Super Saiyan, Super Saiyan God, and Super Saiyan Blue, and they all feel different, and that's really neat. I was a little disappointed that Vegeta didn't have that. It was just still the same way of fighting for Vegeta. Yeah. But it, it, it looked cool, so it's fine. Um, yeah. That's Dragon Ball. Good-ass movie. Chala, head chala. So how fucked up? I don't know if you saw this. Uh, how much does it fuck you up knowing that in Japan, specifically just Japan, this movie slightly underperformed compared to Resurrection F? That's really disappointing. Uh, internationally, it's an incredible hit, and I actually think, like, I think there was a quote going around by, like, one of the, like, it could have been one of the, one of the Fathom people who, like, you know, they do a lot of the works with getting showings for this shit for us nerds, like... <sighs> Someone important had a quote that was like, oh, maybe this anime thing is more viable for theaters than we thought, which is like, mm. yes, please, you know? Um, so, I, I will say it, it does make sense, though, because, like, if you were to ask me, do you think Japan or America likes Frieza or Broly more? Yeah, yeah. Japan definitely Frieza, and Broly's more of an America thing, for sure. Oh, definitely. And also, I, I do know for a fact that in Japan, those those movies are not as popular across the board as as in the yeah. western markets um so yeah um yeah uh yeah. we can move on to emails now yeah i don't got anything else to say uh lucy asks what games do y'all play to relax mm. um honestly it it, it changes it does for me too downwell has been since downwell came out it's been a, a game that i can i can lose an hour two if i just want to calm down listen to like asmr or a podcast or something i'll just throw on downwell at whatever i have down i've bought every version of downwell i could buy because i want it on everything i own um i love it so much um so yeah i'll say downwell is a good one for me um other than that, I can't think of anything, like, really off the bat right now. Monster Hunter World was actually that for me for a bit. Like, I wouldn't do, like, whatever... I wouldn't do, like, the harder fights that I, I was up against, but, like, if it's like, oh, I want to mess around with, like, grinding for this, like, weapon or weird side armor that I don't really need, but I kind of want to play around with, you know, I, I'd, I'd lose an hour or two to Monster Hunter World as well, but... Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, like what kind of relaxing I want to do changes that too. Like, like I'm assuming they mean more of like a physical, just wind down kind of game. Yeah. Uh, I want to say as <laughs> this is going to sound so fucking stupid, but uh, honestly souls like dark souls and bloodborne, those games have a certain uh, rhythm to it that once you familiar with the series is kind of easy to just like flow with and, and wind down. Yeah. Um, for the same reason also like sometimes rhythm games on like not hardcore settings like rhythm games on normal settings um back in the day uh the dynasty warrior series was also that for me but i've kind of fallen off a little bit on that um yeah that's it like like there are more like comfort games that like i could always go to like a final fantasy i mean Fantasy 14 was that for a couple of years but uh yeah you know so yeah that's that's that uh, thank you, Lucy. Oh, 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 this is important. So Gonzalo's email is has the subject so broly, huh? Which reminds me. <clears throat> so, going to this movie theater, 
I had yeah. a thought in my head, and I was like, huh, I wonder if a thing's gonna happen. Yeah? So I went, and I went to the ticket machine, and got my ticket. It was Dragon Ball Super Broly. Then I went on over, and some random person who I don't know ripped my ticket, and I was like, yeah. Then I went into the theater, and I saw Broly. And then as I walked out of the theater, which was pretty late at night, movie theater girl is there staring from the concessions and she went oh i knew you'd be here and i went yeah <sighs> and she was like so i was a broly movie it looked really cool and i was like yeah, it was pretty good and she's like yeah i love dragon ball and i was like yeah i fucking called it <laughs> i called it do you remember yeah. <laughs> i called it uh and I it, knew that I knew the the phrase so Broly had meaning. It it did, and I was like, yeah, if if you like Dragon Ball stuff a lot, I'd go see it whenever you can. She's like, I, I really wanted to see it on Saturday, but I can't. I'll have to wait for it to come out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And I was like, yeah, this is good stuff. And she was like, well, glad you enjoyed it. Have a good night. And I went, you too. And then I walked out. Go back to that original podcast where he talked about that story. Yeah. I'm just surprised that saga was given closure in my life, because I... Oh, it I, is not closed. I I expected to go to my grave not knowing what the term so... Bro, so the phrase so broly, huh, uh, meant, and uh, I got closure. I have I'm an gonna, answer. I'm gonna reiterate what I said back then. You will marry this girl. No! <laughs> this is not happening. <laughs> You cannot escape. Oh, fuck. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Actually, there is a very important addendum to the story. I Ooh. almost forgot. So, in the middle of our small talk, actually, too, she also referenced to her other movie staff person, like, oh, this is the guy that made us have to check the tickets. Oh, oh. Because... Apparently what had... Because remember how I told that story and, like, there was a bunch of the duplicates that got made? Yeah. So I was like, what do you want? Can it, like, do you need to shred these or whatever? She's like, no, just let's just throw them out or whatever. And, like, we just took our scoops and threw them out or whatever. Apparently after I went back in to see whatever... I think it was Ant-Man and the Wasp I was seeing that time. Apparently as, like, after I went in to go see that movie... She talked about it with her manager, and her manager went, no, that's super not okay, we need to, like, what ticket was that? We need to, like, have that as a reference and, like, make sure that nobody, like, took any of those. So I created a whole hubbub for my movie theater staff. Excellent. Um, I can't believe I almost left that out because I felt really bad about that. Um, You're the guy that loves movie theaters. <laughs> See, I think we've I think we've grown past a point where that's even a memory and I'm just once again that guy that she sees a lot at the movie theater cuz I go too much. Yeah, you're the Broly guy. Yeah. What's up on Broly? It was fine. Anyway, get to the email. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying she saw me going to Spider-Verse with another like human being so she knows I'm not some like weirdo. Sure. <laughs> Uh, hello, Sunrazen and VeggieZack. Hope you're doing well. I have one simple question that will probably be answered in the podcast, but anyways. Vegito or Gogeta? Who do you prefer? Sorry, it, it's gotta come back to Vegeta. 
or Vegeta. I also I like Vegeta. Sorry, Vegerot. Oh fuck off! I I enjoy Vegito's uh, tood more than Gogeta's like omnipotent presence. Go Gogeta. Okay, for one, I I don't think the design is as good. the 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 face is fine. The the outfit's dumb. I um, I, I dig the vest. It's 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 a little goofy for me. He honestly, uh, he feels like an adult Gotenks. <laughs> Does that make sense at all? Like, like design wise? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but I f- I feel like that that makes sense considering it's their dads. Yeah, but like that, <laughs> Gotenks came first. Like it's not interesting to me. Okay. Um, but also like yeah, there's not as much personality to him. No, he is literally uh, Superman. But also, I feel like he had more personality here than in previous incarnations. Oh, this is the was... most we've seen of him, <laughs> for one well, thing. Well, d- don't forget, he's in Dragon Ball GT as well. Okay, he's in GT, but also, I feel like they just ripped off Vegito's personality for his betrayal and go, like, in, in that. Sure. Because it, but, it does um... not line up with his original appearance at all in GT. No. Sure. But, uh, I'm forgetting, there's a line he has in this movie that, like, sh- like, that, like, had that air of, like, arrogant confidence. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's still there, because that's, like, very iconic to Fuse Saiyans, where it's like, their ego gets off the charts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I will say, I just, I liked the way Vegito did it more, and also, like, the Vegito Super Boo fight is one of my favorite fights in the whole series. It's like, a good it's- fight. Like, like, that's really iconic for me. Like, Vegito simultaneously has more of, like, a playfulness and, like, a weird, almost, like, sadism yeah, to him. Yeah, which plays off of Boo really well. Yeah, and Gogeta is straight up just, like, overcon- like, well, confident for good reason, like, almost, like, arbiter of, like, justice-type, like, we're here to kick ass sort of deal. Yeah. Like, there's more of a seriousness there. Um... But yeah, I like I find Vegito more interesting. And also, just in case you guys didn't know, in the English translation of the manga, they do call him Vegerot because it's Vegeta and Kakarot. Yeah, which actually makes more sense because Goku does not end with an O. It well, no, but Kakarot does. Kakarato in Japan. Yeah, so so, so <laughs> Vegito is because it's pronounced Kakarato. But not so in for, English. <laughs> but not in the English anime. But the English manga tried to correct it and call him Vegerot. But that sounds dumb. So just call him Vegito. It's fine. Vegerot, the rot of all vegetables. Yeah. Uh. Kakajita doesn't sound good either. So. What, oh God! What, what did um? I I forget. But it was funny what Gogeta originally tried to call himself. Uh, it, it, I can't remember. It was good, though. Oh, but that was the line I liked, too, where he's like, no, I need a name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was really good. I think it was, like, Gokuja. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. It was something like that. It was good. Uh, anyways, uh, that's all. Can't wait for the Broly cast. Goodbye. Thank you, Gonzalo. Bye. Uh, this one's from Laura. Uh, hi, Zach and Razan. I hope you guys are having a good evening, and I hope I'm not sending this in too late. I don't have a super engaging question this time, but what's a better dinner, uh, ramen or sushi? I'm going to go with ramen. Oof. Um, sushi I need to be in the mood for. 
So I will say if you, what I like better is sushi. I think sushi is better, but also like ramen is probably more substantial as a meal. Yeah, like that's my, I don't really feel like I can't do sushi as a meal, I feel. Like I know like sushi as a meal is super common. It is. um, Especially in Japan. Um, but for me, it, it, it's like, I, I like sushi as a side. Same. Um, but like, hey, sushi is kind of way too expensive to be a side. So it, it's an eternal dilemma of should I spend this much money on a side dish or not? Uh, well, the answer is that. Thanks, Lord. <laughs> yeah, I like sushi more, but ramen's a better dinner. I, I agree with that. Uh, Chris asks, hey guys, wanted to ask a question. Do you think they should have just stuck with the story from Bardock, the father of Goku, instead of the new one? Just saw it today and thought it was a blast. Uh, anyway, hope you both had fun. Uh, for the sake of making the Bardock story tie-in with the Broly story, I don't think you can have a straight-up adaptation of the father of Goku stuff. I just don't think that works enough to tie in. So I, 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 I have, I take umbrage with some of the ways they went with adapting the Dragon Ball Minus stuff or like even going with it at all. But I do think it's better than just straight up having the old thing. Yeah. I, I think there are elements of it that are better. Like I, I actually, I like, I really liked seeing Goku's mom and I liked seeing more personality to Bardock, but uh, my main take, like I, the Superman change was stupid. That's yeah. my main thing. And I will say, you know what, for as much as I disliked the, um, I see it, my son will defeat you, uh, Bardock's stand-up to Frieza was better in the special. Yeah. Uh, like, where he's, like, rushing through all the guards that are, like, trying to grab him. Like, that was cool. Yeah. This, this, this is beautiful. Iconic. The greatest stand-up to a terrible dictator in human history. Yeah. <laughs> you know, human history, not sand history. Anyways. Yeah, you going somewhere with this? Or no. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. It's 1023. I'm tired. Uh, Ultimate Trainer asks, Hey, H-Bomber guy is playing Donkey Kong 64 as I write this. What would be the video game you absolutely despise uh, that you're forced to play to 100% completion for charity? Uh, I think I would use Spyro Enter the Dragonfly, but what would yours be? Enter the Dragonfly is a good choice for that, by the way. Good job on, on the pick, UT. Whew. Hmm. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a rough question. So this is a rough one for me because actually literally ever since that I came to the realization that I do have a presence and an online following of sorts, I have always wanted to do a charity stream of some kind, but it's just a matter of, like, I want to do it right, and I also want to make sure that, like, it wouldn't be a total bust and I would have, like, enough people actually interested in contributing. Um, But I have never thought about, like, game-wise what I would do. Well, the the question is a game you despise that you would play for charity. Yeah, because that, like, you know, that's the fun. Like, you have to watch someone suffer, you know? See, I didn't realize. I I thought it was, like, pick a game you like. No, because, like, Donkey Kong 64 is terrible. That's the fun. No, I know that, but I I always thought you, like, I always thought you were going to pick a game you like. I mean, I kind of just left it up in the air. I never thought of it too hard, to be honest with you. So I like I feel like I could come up with a better answer to this if I spent time on it because the okay like we actually talked about H bomber guys thing earlier so this this works but like 
he had a whole video about speedruns that he did to lead up to this, and one of his anecdotes in it is that, like, he never beat Donkey Kong 64 as a kid, so he felt that it defeated him. <laughs> yeah, that's I, right. I forgot I about know that, that I could find a game like that for me. I know that I could, but I, I, I would need time to, to remember it, you know? Croc. But, like, off, off the top of my head, I want to say that, like, the two that come to mind, one of them, very obvious, very clear, is a game that I never finished and hurt me a lot, but it is also well-treaded ground, which is Sonic 06. Yeah. Uh, that That's, that's well-treaded ground, though. The other one, a game I did beat, but... I hate a lot is uh, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey. Um, those are the two that come to mind. But like I said, I feel like I could think of a better one that better fits the situation. I like... I'm having trouble thinking of one. Because I feel like, honestly, Croc would have been that for me. No, because we thought we liked Croc. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's true. <laughs> No, yeah, I'm I'm retconning my opinion of Croc from my childhood. Hold on, yeah, it wouldn't have been Croc. Um, I can't say Legend of Dragoon either because I like that game. Um, <laughs> um mm. you know what? I would. I don't know how long it would be to even be worth it, but I could say New Gundam Breaker is such a piece of shit that I could see me doing that for charity. But like, that game is also. I feel like that would also be a game that is just too repetitive. Like, yeah. in a bad way that could not hold anyone's interest. So I wouldn't want to do it for the performance aspect of it. Um, yeah. God, I'm, I really don't know. Munch's Odyssey is so fucking bad. There's a lot of bad video games out there. But, like, so Munch's Odyssey has the same thing that Donkey Kong 64 has, where it's, like, you had some really good 2D games, and then this was your attempt to go into 3D. Oh. And, like, Munch's Odyssey controls so fucking bad. I, um... I... Like, it, this is cheat. Yeah, you know what? I'm not even gonna say it. I was gonna say, like, a marathon of all the bad Mega Man games that exist because they're really fucking funny. Dude, you can't play the entire Mega Man series. Oh, oof. That's oh. a fucking... Poopy take right there. <laughs> Ugh. I just shivered. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I feel gross. <laughs> I'm gonna shower after this waft. Um... Oh, geez. I, yeah, I'm struggling thinking of anything right now, um, which is really fucking me up, because I... Like, I, I, I want to answer this question in, like, a week. Like, give me some time to think about it, and I'll See, answer it on Twitter. But, like, also, Zach, the fucked up thing is I feel like we've streamed so many bad games, too. <laughs> like, yeah, it's but it's, it's not, like, it, it's, a, it's a game, like, it has to mean something to you, and it has to be personally painful to you. Yeah, like, like, like I, I know there are games that are like that for me. Because, like, Shadow the Hedgehog was something I played casually as a kid, and I was like, oh, this is bad, but I don't feel like a strong personal resentment, you know? Yeah, see, I, I, I would feel a resentment for Shadow the Hedgehog if I didn't play Sonic 06 after it, because that came so much worse. But it would make for quite an ordeal getting every variation of every ending in Shadow the Hedgehog on stream. That would take too long 
H Bomber guy's going on like forty hours right now. I know, but there's like fucking if you're talking about literally every possible route, there's like three hundred some. Yeah. That's disgusting. Ah. <laughs> ah man. I don't know. I like honestly I feel like like what's a really long bad RPG? Like just a shit RPG. I think that could be fun, but I can't think of any, like, off the top of my head. Like, I'm thinking, like, you know that NES game that, like, only exists in, like, a fan translation is, like, one of the most infamously bad games of all time or whatever? Like, that... Mm. It's some game... It's it, it's called, like, Something of the Stars or something like that for the NES. Yeah. It's, like, a terrible sci-fi RPG that's just, like, barely works and is just the worst thing ever. I don't know. Yeah, a really long bad RPG. Uh, Final Fantasy IV. Oh, it's not even long. <laughs> I know. I'm just being the shit. Oh, man. I um, yeah. I don't know. I can't answer this one real good. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna come back to this question because it, it's actually a fun question. And like, I mean, I. I ain't doing no charity streams, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll stream something one day because I want to try streaming more. I uh, I should I should really give heavier consideration into if I do ever want to do a charity stream thing, what I should even stream because like I, I've realized that like all this time I've wanted to do this, but I've never thought about what I actually to stream, which is a problem. Yeah. Like honestly, I do. I shouldn't say this publicly. If I ever need to break yeah. the glass, Nocturne is there. <laughs> you fucking you did it. Okay, but you, you it, wanna... it's there though. It like it's it's there. Yeah, but do you really think Megaton fans are gonna donate money to a charity? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was such a mean but obvious joke. My Megaton fans will. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the stream doesn't get posted to the subreddit we'll be fine. Oh, don't don't go <laughs> every uh, megaton fan is beautiful okay <laughs> oh that was a knee slapper well then. <clears throat> I like how that was my insult that like I ended up defending against from you. Like now I'm the one defending the Megatons. Yeah. Whew. Oh, a long bad RPG, Persona 5. We can do it. Okay, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> now that we've pissed off everyone, how about we call this one a sh a, a, a dunner? <laughs> Call this one a shit? Like, what are you gonna say there? I don't fucking know. I was I gonna mean, say it... call this one a shoe in, but that doesn't make sense either. <sighs> yeah. Happy thirtieth episode of thirtieth episode of Wasp, everyone. Is this the thirtieth? It's the thirtieth. Damn, it's our thirtieth anniversary. I I know it's fucked up how we've been doing this for thirty years. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure I said that on the twentieth. Or something. probably. Who? Ah. <sighs>
What game would you want to see Rosin stream? Post it in the comments and he'll definitely do it. <laughs> yep. Every game you post in the comments, Rosin will stream. I guarantee it. Don't worry. I, I'm still getting through that backlog of suggestions of what everyone wants to see you and me let's play next. Yeah, the one that we got no suggestions for. Hell yeah. Well, actually, no, someone was like, hey, play Devil May Cry 5, and I was like, oh, yeah, but I already planned on that one, though, so... And I'm not gonna be there for that. I, uh, I wanna stream that one, so... I, uh, I, I think yeah, I'm gonna take... That, that game comes out on a Friday, and I think I'm gonna take that Monday off and just play through that whole thing, so... Yeah. But th there... There are better people for you to get for Devil May Cry than me. I, uh, yeah. I, I don't even know if anyone's gonna be available. I'll, I'll probably just have, uh... Well, I'll see yeah. if folks want to pop in, but I don't know. I See, the problem is, Zach, that anyone who would want to do a Devil May Cry stream with me are probably going to be playing Devil May Cry 5 themselves. Yeah. So You're right. I, I'll probably be alone for that one. But Isn't there co-op stuff in that game, though? There is, but it seems kind of more like Dark Souls, like people pop mm -hmm. in for a bit and then they style and then they leave and then you can like rate them for like popping in i don't think it's like a i don't think it has like a dedicated like you can invite your friends to play co-op type thing i think it's more passive so yeah well yeah anyway, time to chain all <laughs> time to time to chain time to change all my usernames to broly 14 oh well there you go I'm still I'm a big fan of the Prodigy of Paragus. Prodigy of Paragus 14. Yeah. There we go. That's my new name. Prodigy of Paragus 14. Uh, let's let's call this one a, a rap. Go call... Rosin! Go Rosin! Go Rosin! Go! Call me Kakarot. 